Free Talk Live. As always, you're invited to join the discussion, 603-283-6160, if you would like to do that. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. We're doing the studio tonight. It's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. And I got a little nervous there because the music bed, there's like a, a one second pause there. And I remember why, the, I remember those were added specifically, but I forgot why. But after last night when the music bed didn't happen, I was like, okay, God, okay. Show's starting, no music. But everything turned out to be just fine, as you're hearing now, because there's music playing and all that stuff. So it is a uh, You're Alive Wednesday edition here on the show. And, of course, that means there's new stuff to talk about. Among them, uh, Christians in the United States, right, they're peculiar to me because they are convinced that they're being persecuted while they're this huge majority, like something like 50% of the population. Why is this surprising, though? Right? Did I say it was surprising? Well, they want it to be... Is that what you said? They want it to be true because they want it to be the end times. They do. To me, I'm just thinking back like this is like historically, this is what they do. They're like, oh, I'm the victim. Meanwhile, they're attacking everyone else. Like you have to convert and, you know, be exactly like me. So to me, you know, this is nothing new. I wonder if they were uh, the victim during the Crusades. It is historical, though, like Bart Ehrman pointed out in one of his books, and I don't remember which one it was, maybe the Gospel of Judas. I don't or maybe it was a podcast. I don't remember now. But anyway, he pointed out that. Christians have always sort of claimed to be persecuted. It, it was in uh, Heaven and Hell or, or the Apocalypse. It was in the, his Apocalypse book, and I've already forgotten the name of it. But he pointed out that Christians have always felt like they were being persecuted. And he, he suspects the reason is because their religion was started with someone being, you know, tortured and killed, which yeah. is persecution. Hmm. And because of that, any slight that they, they're, they're predisposed to assume that they're being persecuted. The reason he got into that was because of John and Patmos, the person who wrote the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible. I was always under the impression that he did that during a period of heavy, heavy persecution for Christians, right? That the Roman emperor at the time was heavily persecuting Christians. Evidently, no, there's no history of any sort of the emperor at the time, whose name I've forgotten, doesn't even seem to have been aware that Christians existed, but that didn't stop him from claiming widespread persecution and from writing this apocalyptic book based on the idea of Christian persecution well, you know and revenge. How, like, schizophrenic people will just take an idea and run with it. They will like hear about a thing and then they'll turn it into like, they'll just hear that some celebrity was in town and then they'll be like, yeah, he's been talking to me and blah, blah, blah. And they're yeah. making all this stuff up. Well, uh, maybe he just heard, you know, he read some of the old books of the Bible or whatever that were around at the time, whatever they would have been called where Jesus said, like, oh, you'll be persecuted in my name, and then he just ran with it, and he's schizophrenic. That's that's a fair point. And meanwhile, like, the Christians in the United States, they're doing everything they can to make, like, difficult for trans people. It started with trans people, but I can't help but notice I've got a story about how LGBTQ people, gay people in particular, are just fleeing Florida en masse, right? Yeah. Of which I can't say that I blame them, but... There's a lot of people on the right, these conservative types, rejoicing about this, which I don't know if they realize it's it. It's disgusting. But it really lays bare what their position actually is. They said it was about trans kids, but here they are rejoicing about gay people yeah. leaving Florida. It's so, clearly not about trans kids. Well, and that's a great point because they're claiming, oh, well, you know, all these trans people, they're groomers, they're pedophiles. I'm sorry. You can't say that every single gay person is a pedophile. That literally doesn't even make sense. And I actually know people personally who uh, they're like an elderly lesbian couple that live in Florida 
from Massachusetts go down there. You know, a lot of old people retire in Florida and they're literally moving back. They're thinking about moving to New Hampshire now because they've had their car vandalized. Like they are being tormented. They're in their 70s. They're both sick. You know, like they're sick elderly people that just wanted to retire in Florida. And now they have to move back to the north because they're terrified for their lives. Yeah. You know, that that should never happen. It's really sad. And it's like. No, these 70-year-old women, they're not grooming kids. They're not pedophiles. They just, they're minding their own business. That accusation of groomer, though, it's become so, I've stopped responding to it. In general, I've stopped responding to people who want to argue with me on Twitter. Anyway, I may like pick one and carry on in a bit of a conversation with them. I don't know what strikes me about some people as, hey, this person's worth responding to versus the, the dozens of dozens who I'm like, I'm not bothered. They have three responses. And that's it. The first one is to call you a groomer. The second one is to call you a freak. And the third one is to go basic biology, even though the basic biology has nothing to do with this. And if they ask an actual biologist, they will say, oh, yeah, by the way, and your your tongue does isn't actually divided into five parts as well. But, you know, they're stuck. They think that what they learned at six six years old is like the end all be all. So I feel bad for the day when they learn that the moon isn't made of cheese. That's going to be the catastrophe. Well, and like all of that aside, it's just really shocking when people that claim to be libertarians are, you know, so adamantly against um, L- any sort of LGBTQ people. This isn't because even- it's all about like, okay, live and let live. You know, you do your thing, I do my thing. What what happened to that? Like, well, why why do all of these so called libertarians all of a sudden hate the entire gay community? I can answer that. It's ex- it's because of COVID nineteen. A bunch of people were like, "Hey, I don't I don't believe in this. I don't want to lock down. I don't want to wear a mask." Blah blah blah. They were conservatives, and then the only people who they found publicly speaking about it online were libertarians. So they went, "Oh, I must be a libertarian." I mean, when I found out about libertarianism in twenty sixteen. The anti-gay thing was not a thing. No, like, it wasn't. I was, no, I was so not at all. excited to find something that was like I it, I agreed with it in an economics type of way. Like I didn't have to go run to Bernie Sanders, who was so wrong on economics, but also didn't want to kill my gay friends. You know, the, right. I, I was so happy that I found this uh, like group of sane people, and now a bunch of Republicans think they're libertarians, and no. It's not, oh, the no real Scotsman fallacy. No, there are people who literally are not libertarians, don't know what words mean, and a couple years ago decided to start calling themselves libertarians. That's just a fact. It is very much that. I like your explanation. There's also the, the, the libertarians, they seem to be attracted. They, they like, like every libertarian that I've ever met wants to be a celebritarian. Every single yeah. one I've ever met. And they get they like getting likes and follows and stuff on Twitter. So after COVID nineteen, they've learned that hey, you know this this LGBT thing that that gets conservatives to click that like and follow button. So the more I virtue signal my support for them without actually saying it, which is what Luke Wadowski was doing of uh, change. We are change. He's not coming out and saying that he's hostile to LGBTQ people. Of course not, because he's a libertarian and he's not. But he's coming as close as he can to that to Mm -hmm. signal to conservatives. Hey, guys, like and follow me for updates or whatever. And it's gross. What I've noticed is people are either like just blatantly saying homophobic and transphobic things on the Internet, which to me is very alarming. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like I some of these people, you know, when you know them personally, it's a little scary because it's like, is this a new thing that you've just discovered? Have you been homophobic this whole time? 
you know, or is this new? Either way, that's very disheartening and gross. But what I've also noticed is very few people, either they are supporting it or they're just not saying anything. Like there are, also true. there are very few people I've seen that are actually speaking out against it. And I think like between the three of us, I, I don't really know to maybe a handful of other people in like the libertarian type community. I really don't see anybody else sticking up for trans or LGBTQ people at all. No, it's very peculiar. They're going the opposite route. Now, I realize, you know, the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease or whatever. So the, the loudest ones out there are going to be the ones that we hear. And the conservatives are riled up about this. And they right? have so, bigger followings. Like you're always going to have a bigger following if you just want to go chill to conservatives than if you are going to be a principled libertarian. Anytime I post serious things on Twitter, I lose followers. And yeah. like if I'm posting things like... You know, it's so funny that the right wingers are all going to be uh, triggered the whole month of June. Literally, I'll lose like five followers. I mean, I'm talking about like people I know, though, yeah. like my Facebook friends. Like I've seen a lot of just bigotry, yeah. but I'm not seeing anyone saying like, oh, you know, I've seen some of my friends alone. Like Dennis Pratt recently tweeted something like a few weeks ago. He tweeted something of my whole life. It was considered the worst thing ever for a man to lose his his member yeah and he was like and now suddenly trans people want this we live in topsy turvy i'm like dennis you know a trans person did you bother to ask a trans person to, uh, to help explain this to you no you just broadcast your blatant confusion online not in a transphobic way but again being as close as you can get to being hostile to trans people. I think that the one reason that a lot of libertarians we know in real life aren't saying anything, the ones that aren't homophobic, homophobic is because those type of people just like aren't on Twitter. They're the types of That's people true. to be like, literally, leave me alone. I don't even want to have, be in the picture. I want to be like the people that come to like Nightcap. None of them are homophobic and they're really not on Twitter. Definitely not on Facebook. You know what I mean? Like, it's just maybe these that, loud people that want attention. Maybe that's your right. You are right on that assessment. You do make a good point. I mean, especially like here in Keene, the Keene Libertarians, obviously not homophobic, not yeah, transphobic. Of course that's not. What it, it's, it's always split in between the Keene and the rest of the Libertarians in <laughs> well, uh, we are New special. Hampshire. And a big thing about it is so few Libertarians in Keene are on social media. No, so because I like, think a lot of like our people in Keene are very like big into security right. and they don't want to be on Facebook. Like they don't, they value privacy. Right. And, They're and a little bit more principled than, you know. A lot of the times I feel like the rest of the free staters in like Manchester and Nashville or whatever are way more represented in the public sphere is because of that. Well, there's also a lot more of them. I yeah. mean, realistically, there's only like what, maybe a dozen libertarians here. No, there's more than that. I don't know how many libertarians there are. But there's here in a King, lot but, more in Manchester. Right. And Manchester is a bigger city altogether. So there's more apartments, more houses. It's a little bit more jobs. And so all it does over make sense. New Hampshire, a lot of like the best libertarians are just low profile people. Yeah. So the reason I bring this up is because a story caught my attention a day or two ago. And what I wanted to get into was the subject of Christian persecution. But. When you start talking about Christian persecution in today's context, you just can't help. Well, I can't help but talk about LGBT people and what's happening in the United States. We're like, if you want to know what a persecuted people look like, they're the ones who are having to pack up and leave, leave their home because they're being targeted with vandalism and by legislation by that's going. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's what persecution literally looks like. But anyway, it also looks like this. A toddler in North Korea 
has been sentenced to life in prison. What? After that- his parents were caught with a Bible. That is possible. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so... That's... That's persecution. Yeah, That's like- unreal levels of persecution. Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked by that. So human rights groups say that the historic case is just one example of the persecution faced by tens of thousands of Christians in the country. But I would point out that it's not just Christians. Anybody that has a religion right, that isn't the state. And if you even say anything negative about the state. So this toddler, and I'm curious, how do we know about this? Because it doesn't seem yeah. like this kind of thing that North Korea would be willing to admit that they did. Because like it's horrifying. This toddler is going to spend their entire life in prison and I, I i every time i say that my brain just cannot process it's gonna be like a person who grew up in a cave raised by wolves or something yeah he, he's gonna be one messed up individual a toddler was sentenced to life imprisonment in north korea after the child's family was found in possession of a bible according to a new report by the u.s state department so that's who it's from i don't know how the u.s state department got this information and it doesn't say Although the incident took place in 2009, what, is there an update? Because this person would no longer be yeah, a toddler then. Yeah, that's what I was then. just thinking. They would be, what, uh, if they were two at the time, they would be 16 now? Are they still in prison? I mean, I guess I can't blame them for not having this information, given that North Korea is famous for not letting people find out what's going on I outside would, of it. I also just, as a devil's advocate, got to point out that it could be a lie from our government. If it's coming Absolutely. from our government, coming from a place... Where we have no way to go and uh, verify ourselves. It could be a lie. That's a really good point. They don't seem to have much interest in actually invading North Korea, though. Cause, so I'm. it seems to me like they'd be less likely to lie about this. Because they're not using it as a justification for an invasion. But at I least not yet. I think that they use North Korea as a justification to, like go hard against china because it's like all this stuff like china protects uh that's what i've heard before like china protects north korea stuff like that so this was highlighted in the department's new report on international religious freedoms this month citing data from korea future a non-governmental organization documenting human rights abuses in north korea so evidently korea future is the institution that found out about this and then they reported in the u.s state department was like hey we're going to include that in our report in our report, one case involved the 2000. Okay, they're just repeating themselves. The entire family, including a two-year-old child, were given life sentences in political prison camps. There are estimated to be between 200,000 and 400,000 clandestine Christians in North Korea, mainly in the West, where many are believed to have settled after a quote explosion of interest in the religion in 1907. And they go into some. They go into some boring details here, but I'm not really interested in it. The North Korean regime has tried to stamp out Christianity for decades, and it's said to fear the influence of the church after studying its role in the collapse of the Iron Curtain in Europe in the 1970s. I haven't heard anything about the church playing a role in the collapse of the Iron Curtain in Europe in the 1980s. Um, I, I feel like lots of Christians just try to say, like, I see things like this all the time. That's just like, without Jesus, there would be no Western civilization. And there's like no proof. They just say it. Yeah. <laughs> but they also say a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, you know what, what I mean? Saying. It's like just completely like, no, you're like just baseless. Defectors have revealed horrific details of Christians being brutally tortured, killed, and incarcerated in gulags. But there are still a handful of Christian churches across the country, including four, four in Pyongyang. But most observers say these are just show churches, and I don't, mm. I don't know what that means. I suspect, though, you wouldn't want to go to one of these churches because it's illegal, and 
I suspect you wouldn't, you would be arrested. Or maybe they just, it's a show church as in like, if you go, they're just going to tell you what they want you to know about the religion and nothing more. Oh, that's I, true I don't as really well. know what else it would mean. It's kind of weird. It's estimated that between 50 and 70,000 North Korean citizens are held in prison for their Christian beliefs. The group, the group that's ODUSA, uh, Open Doors USA, has stated that life for Christians is a constant cauldron of pressure. Capture or death is only, okay, they wrote this badly. Capture or death is only a mistake away. But that's not, again, not just for Christians in North Korea. That's everyone. Yeah. And also, like, this is kind of Jewish people's reality for, like, all of history, right? Like, they're, also true. they're like, always typically the people that are picked on. I mean... Yeah, and if you've ever read, like, Dear Leader, which is a book about what life in North Korea, written by a North Korean dissident, it's pretty clear that, like, they're in Big Brother mode, where, like, one yeah. mistake against the party, and they find out about it, and they disappear you. It's like they 1984, to, except worse. Yeah, yeah, they send you to a re-education camp or whatever it is they need to do. So it's not just Christians, it's anyone who does anything that the North Korean government doesn't want you to do. I believe you have to have a picture of Kim Jong-un yeah. and Kim Jong-il in your house, if I remember correctly. I've, I've heard that before as well. And it has to be like at a place of honor because those are your gods. Yeah, like above the, the fireplace. Yeah. It's document, it documented a, quote, horrifying incident recently. This is, again, Open Doors USA, where several dozen believers were discovered and executed with more than 100 of their family members sent to labor camps. And that's one of the most messed up ways that North Korea achieves what it achieves. It doesn't just target you. It will target everyone in your family. So, I mean, it's one thing like, hey, you're a Christian. Well, we're going to we're going to kill you for that. But they're also going to kill your wife. They're going to kill your kids. They're going to put your grandparents in prison camps, your brother and sisters in prison camps if they don't just outright kill them. So it's like you're not just being punished for breaking the law. Everyone you love and care about is going to be punished with you or worse than you. Because they know that a lot of people are willing to sacrifice themselves, you know, for the greater good. But then if you have like, okay, I'm not only sacrificing myself, like my entire family, possibly anyone that knows me, you're going to think twice about that. The U.S. military uses the same tactic of uh, literal like mind control or control of other people. It's like if you're, you know, you have a group, I don't know, a squadron and you do something wrong. You aren't the only one that gets punished like everyone does. Then everyone punishes you for punishing them. And it's like it reinforces heavily like you can't do that next time. It reminds me, it's hard not to think about the Crypto 6 incident when, when I think about this and governments, you know, targeting everyone around a person in order to punish that one particular individual like and it's clear when you look at the sentencing memorandum that the prosecutors filed in in my case ian freeman is mentioned i want to say it was 34 times yeah like maybe even more than you it wasn't more than me i counted (laughs) yeah okay i was 30 i was mentioned 36 times he was mentioned 34 times okay so pretty much neck and neck yes so it's inexplicably clear when you read this thing that they that in my sentencing memorandum they were still punished heavily on one both blaming me for things that they allege ian did and number two blaming ian for things that they allege that i did and when you that this is obviously why they went after you know uh, the I don't want to say her name the the grandmother who was involved with this and why they went after Renee and Andy and nobody I I, I, I more understand why they went after me but the, they went after all of the others in just this 
clear attempt to take down Ian and to punish everyone who ever associated with Ian. Well, I mean, so it's people, easier to get... pe- people quit the show as a result of this because yeah. they're like, oh, okay, they're targeting everyone who's ever been friends with Ian. I'm out. Yeah. And the other thing is it would be, they thought that it would be easy to get someone to like flip and go against Ian if they were just like, you know. But see, that was where they made their mistake and that's where they didn't do their research. There was nothing to turn against. Yeah. I don't know what they thought they had uncovered. If it was some some sort of crime ring where we were, I don't know what the, what they were thinking. I think they probably thought that they would get somebody that was so scared yeah. that they would be willing to like lie or anything. To, you know, I and mean, that, those and things that happen. happen. Yeah. I mean, and the worst they, they treat you. I, I, I didn't see that particular day of testimony. Oh, so yeah, I, she I wasn't there for that. She said she didn't know. She had never heard about the Shire Free Church. And uh, Sissy was like, oh, well, why did the Shire Free Church uh, officiate your wedding? And she, Ooh, yeah. it was, it, she was silent for like 30 seconds. Yeah. And she's like, um, I thought he was a Quaker, which everyone knows he's a Quaker, but it's an interfaith church. And she knew about the Shire Free yeah. Church. And she lied. No, and it. It did seem like with that whole situation that the the feds or whoever manipulated her to essentially turn against Ian. Well, they didn't they threaten her? Yeah, they threatened Probably. her with a charge, and she said that under oath. So yeah, I mean, and that that's what they do, right? That they threatened me with additional charges back when I turned down their initial plea deal, and I was like, no, you bring your other charges. I'm not taking your deal under threat of violence and coercion. So I I, I don't blame her at all. Activism and kids. Don't mix. Yeah, no, that's so true. Yeah, once someone begins having children, their activism is done. And I don't want to say they're a liability at that point, but if if there's the potential there for them to become a liability, then they're a liability. I blame the big obese lady who lied about my husband, for the record. Sure. And I'm not I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying I'm not surprised that this happened after she had kids. Because at that point, you know, it's not just about herself going to prison or whatever. She's going to lose her kids in that process. And yeah. that is what, that's the catalyst that pushes them over the edge and makes them say lies on the stand. She's also like straight up crazy. She was posting things like, the feds made me out of miscarriage. They followed me on Facebook to try to scare me into having a miscarriage. This is what they do. And then, and then, then she worked with those people, though, and she yeah, cooperated yeah, with them. Yeah, yeah, after that, I don't know. Melanie, the one who used to be on the show, if for the listeners who don't know. What we're yeah, the one about. who wasn't allowed to be on at the same time as Richie Rich anymore. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. There's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us, 603-283-6160, if you would like to do that. Again, the number 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. Nikki. And it's Bonnie. And I want to say thank you to Dash for sponsoring this hour of tonight's show. Dash is, of course, short for digital cash. It's a cryptocurrency that we've been promoting for years here on the show. In fact, one of the first... Porcupine Freedom Festivals that I ever attended. It wasn't the first, but it was one of the first that I was like there as a co-host of Call of Freedom, and I was up in the media room, and you know things were happening, and I was a known quantity at that point. Was the year that Dash had sponsored the Pavilion there, and it was the same year that Dash back was rolled out. A lot of positive things were happening with the Dash cryptocurrency, 
And of course, we were promoting it heavily on Free Talk Live because it was useful day-to-day as a currency. Dash also has this technology called chain locks that protects their network from 51% attacks, which is critically important in your in this world. It's difficult to secure your money against you know people stealing it and 51% attacks means a lot of people have put a lot of money into stealing money. And they may not care about your point one dash or whatever, but if they're rewriting the entire network, then it doesn't take them any effort to go ahead and take your money too. However, you don't have to worry about that with Dash because they do have this chain locks technology. There's also no need to wait for a confirmation before a Dash transaction is considered complete, which makes it great for merchants. It's one of the oldest cryptocurrencies out there, and it's widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. Dash.org, if you want to learn up, learn more about it. And I want to say thank you to the Dash DAO, that's the Decentralized Autonomous Organization, for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Again, that's Dash.org. And thank you so much to the people over there at the Dash DAO. So we were talking about this, this story of these Christians being persecuted. But I want to move on because that's pretty much the extent of the story. It starts talking about how horrible things are in North Korea for Christians, but that's that's such a short-sighted approach. Yeah, it's like, no, everyone. It would be like if I wrote an article about how horrible things are for Satanists in North Korea. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't I don't care particularly how horrible things are for Satanists in North Korea because I know they're bad for everyone. Mm-hmm. But it, it would be narcissistic and selfish of me to yeah. focus on what was happening to LGBTQ people in North Korea and and ignoring what happens to Christians. North Korea sucks for everyone. That's the thing about people that uh, nowadays, they don't look at root causes of anything. They don't look Uh at the principles. They just look at these symptoms. They don't look at the causes. They just look at the effects. They don't look at the cause, authoritarianism. They look at the effects and go, we need to like implement Christian things into law, which is more authoritarianism. It's like throwing water on wet clothes and saying that's how you're going to get it dry. It is... It is distressing. And I thought that libertarians were smarter than this, but this this a little alliance they're building up with the conservatives makes me think that they're probably not. Because it's just a matter of time before these before one of these libertarians says something like, Oh yeah, hold the police accountable and these conservatives are like, Whoa, 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 whoa. No, we don't yeah. we don't say that. Back the blue. Yeah. Unfollow or whatever. It's like it, they're either gonna have to sacrifice their principles and pretend to like the police or they're inevitably going to come to one of these huge libertarian talking points where we absolutely diverge from conservatives, or you're going to attack the military. That's also a a sacred cow of the conservatives that you're not allowed to attack, or nationalism, or immigration. But I suspect, look, if you're one of these, quote, libertarians who has an issue with LGBTQ LGBTQ people of whatever variety, I'm going to go ahead and bet that chances are good that you also don't want immigrants. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I'm willing to bet that if you're if you're bigoted against LGBT people, you're probably bigoted against non-white people. Yeah. Just going to speculate. I'm on also that. willing to bet that you're not a libertarian and you're just a conservative who was like, oh, you know what? That's like a nice thing that can make me seem a little bit different from all of my other conservative friends. Like, yep. Yeah. You well, know, because conservatives love to be like, oh, freedom. Like, we love freedom so much. So they think, you know, like. And and I thought this too before I really understood what libertarianism was. I just thought a libertarian was a conservative that had more guns and like that was pretty much it. 
You know, like you talk about freedom a little bit more and you're just like a little bit more into guns. It's I didn't really know any of the other things. Like I didn't know they were against the police. I didn't know they were, you know, I mean, like the step before being a full blown anarchist. Like I didn't really understand any of that until I met some. It's so weird. It was like so hidden from me. My friend just started like helping me. I've said this on the air, but my friend was like backing me up when I was trying to explain to my sister why Bernie is wrong to want a minimum wage. And I was like, where are you getting all this information? You're like so smart. And he was like, you should look at fee.org. And I was like, what is all of this? It was Mm -hmm. like hidden from me. It was like, I only knew about being a Republican or a Democrat. I mean, basically. yeah, it's a really good point. And I remember being interested in politics more or less as long as I can remember. But I mean, I interested in a way that most 16 and 17 year olds aren't beyond knowing who their president is or yeah. whatever. But this was something that I actually paid attention to. I actually liked reading my civics high school class book, my classroom, whatever, my textbook in high school. I actually enjoyed reading it. And of course, it gave me slanted things. And I remember even then taking issue with some of the things they were saying about the government. But all of that aside... No one ever at any point in this education exposed me to libertarianism. And it was only the documentary Zeitgeist that made me even aware that Ron Paul exists. And don't get me wrong, Zeitgeist, it bends the truth in a lot of ways and it asserts that some things are facts that aren't actually facts. And and it butchers Christianity and religious history in general. It's, Isn't Zeitgeist the one that shows how Christianity is like astrotheology? Yes. Oh, uh, sun worship. Seen it. Oh, it's not bad, um, but you got to take that religious part in particular with like a grain of salt because he ex- he he stretches a lot of this. He's mm-hmm. like, here's all, all of these examples of savior of men who were the children of gods and who died on a cross and were resurrected three days later. And he lists a bunch of examples and like that's not true of almost any of them. So, mm-hmm. Some of them like died and then came back later, but it's not as specific as he points out and it's not as directly comparable as he says Hmm. it's still really good though but at one point in that documentary he just mentions he makes mention of well maybe you think that all we really need is to get like a bunch of good politicians in there and of course they heavily attack the federal reserve bank the last hour of the documentary or mockumentary a faux documentary whatever you want to call it attacks the federal reserve system and that was what made me aware of that and i was like oh my god if this is true this is a giant problem and then i was like holy crap every bit of this was true and this is a real problem which of course led me directly to ron paul and he does show an image of ron paul at one point in there but i didn't immediately connect the dots Hmm. But eventually, Ron Paul wrote the book in the Fed, and I was like, oh, okay, here's someone. Yes, I'm on board with that. So Ron Paul introduced me to the ideas of libertarianism, and I began exploring it from there. But unfortunately, it was just a freak accident that someone at work one night when I worked as a custodian at a hotel was like, hey, you should watch this Zeitgeist documentary. It'll mess Mm -hmm. with your head. Hmm. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I don't know. For me, like ever since I was a kid, I've always been like anti-state, like anti-establishment, you know rebel which isn't good like, which who, isn't bad who told yeah. you about libertarianism like did your parents talk about it literally um lily told me about libertarianism like a few months before i met all of you guys oh wow um, okay. like literally i had no clue well i know actually that's a lie i had a couple of people in my life who were conservatives that were kind of transitioning into libertarianism like they were kind of learning about some of the injustices of the um of the you know the government And at the time, and that's why I think I thought libertarians were just like conservatives that liked guns and like a little bit more freedom because the people in my life that were calling themselves libertarians, like that's what they were. 
And now, you know, they've progressed to being, you know, kind of, you know, right. comparable to our beliefs. But And I just realized what scares me so much about these libertarian conservative types that are all over the Internet these days. And it's that, you know, it they didn't like COVID-19 because, you know, if you force people to get vaccinations and all this other crap. And they, they had good reasons for that. But when they look at Ron DeSantis, they, they're praising him and they love him yeah. and they want him to become the next president and all this other garbage. But like he's already passing laws in Florida that are going to require all employees. It's basically a, a social score. A, what's the word I'm looking ESG. for? Environmental social something score. I, I don't know. It's remember. something like that, but you have to get authorized. You have to get permission by the government in order to get a job there. It's, but it, it was initially created oh. for immigrants, but now, but now the, it's for everybody. And it was voluntary, but now he's making it where if you hire someone, they have to have been approved by this organization, this governmental organization. I can't remember now what the hell oh, they he were called. Oh, he sounds like a real freedom fighter. And service safe, safe service, something like that. No, safe service, like for restaurants. Yeah, it, yeah, you're It's right. some immigration thing. It, uh, Ian's talked about it, and right. it made me think of serve safe. And I'm just spacing on whatever it was called. But um, but the libertarians out there are still going, yeah, go to Santa's. Like, you don't see how this so obviously is primed to be used against you? Yeah. Okay, so they don't like immigrants. All right, well, guess what? They also don't like people who are registered libertarians. Now you can't get a job. Oh, you said something racist on Twitter? Now you can't get a job. Right. And um, the other thing is he's doing things right now that conservatives should be against right now, but they just aren't paying attention. They just are still sheeple. That's the thing. They still just are like repeating things they hear, not looking into things. They, he passed this thing where and anything that's already illegal, like littering, is going to be five years in pr- uh, jail minimum now if you did it with anti-Semitic intent. Oh, that's right. So it's a thought crime bill. And it, it passed unanimously in the Florida House. In Florida? Every Democrat and every Republican voted for this. And then DeSantis went to Israel and to signed sign it there. In. Yeah, it's, oh. it's super messed up, man. Like, it, things that are already illegal, that's the, that's the critical point here. It's like, it's already illegal to throw garbage down. But if yeah. you throw your garbage down in your neighbor's yard and your neighbor happens to be Jewish, well, now it's a hate crime. That is so and you've got strange. a minimum of five years in prison. Wow. And that's something that Ron DeSantis, this conservative hero, I mean, don't just get me did. wrong. Like, I don't really support people that are actually, like, anti-Semitic. But, sure. But that, like, I mean, a five-year minimum for well, literally a thought crime, because you can't prove what kind of intent somebody has, well, you say know? Ron DeSantis becomes president and makes that, like, a federal bill. All of the LPNH people are screwed because they're going to pull up their tweets where they were joking about the Holocaust and they jokingly tweeted like a thing about something about not believing the six million number they're gonna pull that up and anytime they get in trouble for you know littering it's gonna be well it was anti-semitic and we can prove it we have their tweets from lpnh i mean just i just can't understand why right-wing conservatives don't see how things can be used against them it's just they probably don't even know about it that's the other thing you know they only they're like well fox it wasn't on fox news so it must not be happening Excellent points. But let's go to the phones because we are a call-in show and you can join us 603-283-6160 if you would like to do that. We do have Ricky on the line from Pennsylvania. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. Thank you there, Sister Aria, Sister Bonnie, Sister Nikki. Good evening. Yeah, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I had something else in mind, but we're going to do that next week because I want to learn more about you as practicing a Satanist. 
considering our further discussion about Gnosticism, but I need to learn about you first, but that's for next week. But, you know, you got me thinking. You were talking about libertarians, and I want to talk about that a little bit. I remember back, it was in 2017, I remember Brother Darrell said, and as he was proceeding to get more frustrated, he said this one. He said, the problem with libertarians is other libertarians. You know, and I think that's kind of what uh, you guys were talking about a little bit ago when it comes to views within libertarians about what a libertarian is. No, we were pretty clear. The problem with these people is that they're conservatives. Yeah, I'm tired of this argument or this, like, point of view, Ricky, that, like, oh, the problem is the people that want to point out principles. No, the problem isn't the people like us who want to point out what a libertarian is. The quote-unquote problem, if there is, is one, is the people who are not a thing and are calling themselves that thing to wash That's away the exactly meaning. That's exactly what I was referring no, to. It's not. That's no, it's what not. I was referring to. You're referring to, you're trying to say that, like, the problem with libertarians is they don't believe anyone else is a real libertarian. Well, the, <laughs> no, the problem is libertarians that don't really adhere to what a libertarian is. I'll give you an example. Well, then they're not libertarians. Right. Now, they're just not a libertarian. Right. Here's an example. Like myself, I don't claim to be a libertarian, but what I actually am is a Jeffersonian with new elements by necessity added. And I do lean heavy towards what a libertarian would be. I'm not a classic liberal. They try to use that. That's something different. But I do lean heavy towards libertarians. And the funny thing is, is I tend to be more of a libertarian than a lot of these so-called conservative-leaning or whatever libertarians. I'll give you an example of that. When I was running for office in 2017, I had all kinds of different support. I had two different police departments. I had a supermarket chain. I had arms manufacturer. But here's an odd one. I didn't know supermarket chains could vote. uh, No, they were supporters of mine. Okay. The chain. Anyway, but here's one that contacted me. Now, here's my answer as someone that's a Jeffersonian and believes in what they call, quote, constitutionality. Now, I got a phone call, and I got, because I also had the pagans too, but I got a backing by the local district of the Ku Klux Klan. Now, here's my answer to this. Do I believe that white supremacy is okay? No, I don't agree with it personally, but White supremacists, as long as they're not committing crimes, they have the right to be white supremacists. This is where Trump screwed up when he had the backing of David Duke. Now, he didn't explain why. I am now. Okay, but he didn't. He backtracked it and then said, you know what? I don't want his support. He didn't even backtrack it. I mean, the videos there online. One of the people in the news uh, media, he was at some sort of thing, giving a speech or whatever, and there was a bunch of media people there. One of them said, well, what you, have you heard David Duke has endorsed you for president? He immediately, David Duke, uh, I disavow him. And there was no hesitation. And then the media continued. Yeah, before at, that. Before well, hold on, that, because the media went on for months afterwards saying, Donald Trump refuses you know to disavow David that, Duke. And like, no, he, got- he did that at the very beginning as soon as he was presented with the option of disavowing David Duke. He immediately and readily did so, but the media kept saying for months afterward that he refused to do it, and he had already done it. Well, he did, but before that, he did say he didn't know who the guy was, and I think everybody did. But to me, I don't. Yeah, I don't know this guy's name. And I'm assuming he's like a leader in the Ku Klux Klan or some sort of white supremacy group. He's a grand wizard. 
he was a grand wizard before okay. he got into politics. And now he's a prison. My now he's answer prison. is, I don't agree with it, but you know what? It's like they have the right to to be what they are. I don't agree with it, but they have the right as long as they're not committing crimes. Yeah, and I mean, I completely, I completely agree with you on that, and that's why for me it was really shocking when a lot of these people who claim to be libertarians are like, oh, uh, you know, I think we should start stoning gay people again, or or whatever, right. whatever the their point is, you know, because it's, I know I don't agree with white supremacy, and I'm definitely not going to be friends with you because I don't think that's cool at all. Like I don't agree with any of those morals. But you know, as a, you, you know, know like I do believe that those people have the right to be hateful as long as they're not right. harming anyone. Unfortunately, you know, as, you know as unfortunate as it is. It's funny, brother Ian was saying about this la- the other night. He was saying about libertarianism taking off, and the reason why it really isn't so much is because of the so many not so kosher. You know, libertarians, because I tend to be very constitutional in a Jeffersonian sense. And I tend to be more libertarian than some of these. I don't think it's because of there's people out there who are a bunch of white supremacists and libertarians. I don't think that that's very common. Um, I have seen a lot of conservative type people who I especially now, like now way more than ever. But a lot of those people who are like spewing all this anti all this anti trans garbage those people, I mean, like, if I was not familiar with libertarianism, I wouldn't ever call myself. I don't even want to now. Yeah. That's you a know, good point, it, but it I thought he was of... saying there's a lot of white supremacists who are also libertarians. I, I just don't really think that's true. I but don't think that's true. There's a lot of loud people, like you're saying, who are saying things that are just not libertarian. They're just not libertarians, and they're right. claiming to represent libertarianism. I mean, and if you're not a libertarian, you come across that online, and that's what libertarianism is to you. You're going to be like, ew, yeah. uh, rightly, because it's conservatism. And conservatism has gotten a gross name. So these conservatives are like, mm, I, w- I kind of want to be an e-celeb. So I, I'm going to call myself a libertarian and still spew the things I believe, which is yeah. literally uh, conservatism. I mean, yeah, I- like I know some people who call themselves libertarians that are, you know, like supportive of the military and like the Ew. police. And Ew. it's like, I'm not going to stop being friends with you over that or like ridicule you every day. Like, stop calling yourself a libertarian. You're making me look bad. It's, you know... What it's to me, it's not like that big of a deal, but it is true. Like I'm like, eh, you're not really like, you're you're maybe a little confused on the definition. The reason libertarianism hasn't taken off, and you know, Ian was the one who convinced me on this, is because people don't want liberty. Uh, they they want they want themselves to be free, but they more than anything else, what they want is to be able to control their neighbors. To yeah. be in charge. Yeah. yeah. And it, they're not happy to let the trans people exist next door. They want to keep the trans people from existing. They want to be in power and say, no, it's illegal for you to do this, or it's illegal and for I you to do that's, that. That's constitutionally wrong, and that's the problem. Well, the Constitution doesn't matter. It's irrelevant well, to the discussion. Bonnie, you had something you wanted to say. I was going to say that one thing that really shows that Ian is right about that is the fact that when you bring up secession, people are like, no, we can't have that. We can't. Like, they just want to control everyone in a 300 million uh, people group instead of just secede and let 
people be like Californians in California and like New Hampshire people in New Hampshire. I think it goes beyond that because I think a lot of people are terrified of like self-ownership and self-responsibility. Like the thought of being responsible for themselves and having to like be self-sufficient is horrifying for them. Like they want that daddy government to take care of them. Ricky, are you still with us? I just wanted Bonnie to be able to get that I, oh, real quick. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's okay. No, I was just wondering what Bonnie, what, uh, what Nikki said. You know, I'm all about secession. And like I said, I'm close to a libertarian. But the thing is, why would libertarians be afraid of secession? It's a beautiful thing. Well, libertarians there's not that many. Yeah, there's not that many libertarians that are afraid of secession. There are like these terrible Beltway Twitter types that are like, all this would mean is you'd have more tyranny in the state. And I just don't think that's Absolutely necessarily true. What does not. the federal government do to protect you from the tyranny of your government? Nothing. They don't do anything. Governor. You no. know? And those Nothing. those Beltway libertarians, the ones who are libertarians on Twitter, who are like obsessed with the National Libertarian Party, they yes. unfollow them. They're not worth paying any attention yeah. to anyway. I mean, they're they're not activists. And if they are, they're, be, they're such accomplishing such minor things that they might as well not be considered activists. Yep. And I used to be one of these people. I ran a county affiliate for the Libertarian Party in Mississippi. And I was like, yes, this is the way, you know, we're going to recruit. And the the state Libertarian Party gave me this long list of people. And I've started emailing and calling people. Not one of these names did I get to come to our county meetings? Not one. The only people who came were the three who formed it. And that was me and two other people. And it was within six months of doing this that we stopped having the meetings all together because there was no momentum and there was never going to be any momentum because anyone who wanted libertarianism, they just gave up from the beginning. And I did have this list of 30 something names, but again, none of them were ever going to even come to the meetings. And eventually I was like, no, screw, I'm not wasting my life putting my energy into this Libertarian Party county affiliate and the the state party of the Libertarian Party in Mississippi and even the National Libertarian Party when it's not going to be effective and I'm fighting a losing battle trying to get people who are already Libertarians to get involved in the political system, right? Like, those are the people that I would expect to get be the easiest, but I can't even get the ones who are already libertarians to come to our meetings. I'm never going to conv- get the average person to come. When I lived in Utah, I went to one Utah libertarians meetup. And I told my little sister who I asked to come with me because I didn't want to go alone. And I was like explaining to her what libertarian. I was like, listen, I've been watching all this on YouTube and-, and explaining it to her on the way. And she was really confused. But anyways, it was just so sad. It gave me this feeling that I couldn't even put a word to for like a whole month and I like took a break from watching all this Tom Woods and stuff that I'd been watching and I just had this horrible feeling and it it just it was um you know feeling like there was it it was hopeless I was like wow this is all the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire I mean of Utah why it's so small it was small okay it was just like it felt like a bunch of people like what if we had we were able to do this you know but they just had no actual See the way, yeah, it was like a lot done. of like what ifs and not like any really like yeah. action plans. And yeah, and Utah is a huge place. It was just like 
I feel like this is actually really hopeless. And then slowly the gears started turning. I was like, I just got to move to Texas because it's already free, which doesn't make any sense. But that's what I, I believe at the time. Man. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Ricky. For me, I remember when we when we drafted and we signed the documents to create the county affiliate. I genuinely had the sense that I was we were doing some revolutionary thing, and that like this is it, this is the beginning. And then it never went anywhere. No matter how much work I put into it, you got to come to New Hampshire if you want to make anything happen. It is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. If you want to weigh in, that's 603-283-6160. Talking about libertarianism here on Free Talk Live. Of course, we are all libertarians here. I don't think you necessarily have to be a libertarian to be on Free Talk Live, uh, because Mark isn't a libertarian. Is he, like... But, I mean, he, I claiming might. that he's not, though? I, he, I thought he says he is, but... It depends on, like, whose definition you would use, right? Like, yeah. to me, I would argue that a libertarianism is someone who abides the non-aggression principle, that it is always wrong to initiate force and violence against someone, force, thinks, violence, and aggression against someone. But he's an advocate voluntarist, right? Right. That's what I... So it's, it's what, hard because be it's like... That would be my position. Yeah. I, I don't think classical liberals or monarchists, which is what Mark characterizes himself as a monarchist, someone okay, who believes yeah. in a minimal government, qualify like, like as libertarians. Me either. And also he believes that like the U.S. government rightly took the land from the Native Americans. So I just think that... Might is right, right? right makes him not a libertarian. Yeah, no, I can't get down with that. Yeah. Sorry. And I can't get down with that definition of libertarianism that allows Mark to be a libertarianism. You'll fight me on that, Mark. That said, liber- Mark is not a bad person, and Mark is close enough to libertarianism that I wouldn't... Yeah, and like, he's not like yeah, a right? straight-up conservative. <laughs> right, he's definitely not a conservative. I mean, he's he's libertarian enough. Whatever that means, Mark is libertarian enough for the red-headed tranny anarchist. <laughs> So happy, happily There's for your that, endorsement, I guess. Mark. <laughs> but let's go to the phones because not everyone agrees on what libertarianism is. Or yeah. obviously, like Mark would say that he's a libertarianism. And there's people on Twitter uh, who would say that they're libertarians as they as they rejoice that LGBTQ people are fleeing Florida. But I, I can imagine, you know, and they're, they're saying, I actually had someone say, you're like, well, this is just a free market at work, right? People are going to the states where they... Because the government is no, it's not. persecuting people? Well, that they, doesn't even make sense. They no, argue that people are fleeing to states where they will feel more welcome, and that's a libertarian idea. It's like, oh, I don't like it here. I should go there. Yeah, but they're not leaving because they'll feel more welcome in New Hampshire. They're leaving because you've attacked them and made them unwelcome Using where the they're at. Too. You chase, They didn't choose to leave. You chased them out. And Hon- those are two very different things. Honestly, and I saw a girl on Twitter today saying, like, rejoicing, you know, like yeah. what you're talking about. If you are happy that people are, like, using force and violence against other people because of their sexual orientation... You're a bad person. Not only are you not a libertarian, you are literally a bad, hateful person. There's just such a huge difference between me going, oh, libertarians are going to New Hampshire and doing libertarian things. I want to be there. And, oh, God, I might die if I stay in Mississippi. I better find somewhere. I guess it's New Hampshire. There's a huge difference between those two things. 
and it to, just, to act like it's somehow libertarianism for or competition or free market competition for people in Florida to be like, huh, this state doesn't really do it for me anymore. I guess I'm going to move. It's not that simple. And again, they're being chased out. They're not choosing to leave. And it's just so sad because I know like have like family members and like friends who, you know, were like alive during the 80s and kind of experienced what it was like to be an openly gay person during that time and having to hide who you were. And I feel like we came so far since then. Like, why are we going backwards? You know, like this isn't fair for those people who are just trying to to live their lives like they're they're not doing anything wrong and to classify like thousands of people as pedophiles just because they're gay. I mean, that is that's the part I really can't get. Like, what is going on with that? They know they know we're not groomers and pedophiles. Right. It's just that's the that's their tactic. That's the weapon that they've chosen to wield. Just like the left knew 15, the left, the conservatives, they learned all of these tactics yeah. from the left. Right. And th- this is just a modern version of, oh, you're, you're a Republican. You must be racist. You you're racist. You want to vote for Barack Obama. Like yep. everybody was getting called racist back yep. then. That's all this is. Republicans like, all right, well, we are going to take a note of this and in a decade we're going to use it. Yep. And now they're using, oh, you're LGBTQ groomer. It's just their version of racist and it's, it's just as meaningless and senseless. Another thing that I think is another side of this coin, which really sucks. The coin altogether being that people are getting um, divided and believing that they have to, you know, believing that for whatever reason, trans and gay and lesbian people are their enemies. Well, the other side is there are these like really extreme activists on the LGBTQ side just claiming, oh, I speak for Aria. I speak for the collectivist. I speak for the collective. I speak for all the gay people that live in America and we want Marxism. Like, all, the, all this stuff that it doesn't represent what actual, like, everyone believes. And it, that's really going on, too. It's like, yeah, I, the lobby is going so far in one way. But they know that doesn't represent all trans people. And I mean, they should I mean, know. they have to. But they talk like they do. And but they you... know that when Donald Trump says something, it doesn't mean all white people agree that way. Yep. But in their worldview, they, those straight cis white dudes, are the only ones who are allowed to be treated as individuals like that. If you're That's not one true. of those and you know some LGBT person speaks out, oh, no, you must agree with this person. But you don't agree with all white people who speak. Why can't I be treated as an individual? That's so true. Because like I constantly see these posts by, uh, you know conservatives whether they call themselves libertarians or not where they're uh, posting like somebody who is actually just crazy who's like going off on twitter they have blue hair and they're like yeah we need blah 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 we need to be doing all these crazy things and and they're doing it saying it in the name of trans rights or whatever rights and then they're talking they this conservative will like repost this video and talk about it like it's all trans people and they can't but it's the thing about principles. Like I said earlier, people aren't looking at the principle of the thing. They're looking at whatever is right in front of them and they can't get to the root cause. The The root cause of people treating you a certain way just because other white people that are that way is collectivism. So don't engage in collectivism. That's the answer. But they can't yep. see that. Well, I mean, so since all these priests are out here grooming children and, and molesting children, you know, I think we should just ban Catholicism in Christianity because, I mean... I mean, if you want to know, you know where the clearly, groomers are, right? Yeah, I mean, like, clearly every single Catholic person is a groomer then, because, you know, that's what you guys sound like. It's completely ridiculous. Like, of course, not every single Catholic person is a groomer or a pedophile. 
So, I mean, like, is it possible that one gay person is a pedophile? Sure. But, like, same for any, literally any group of people, that could be true for. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think I'm going to start responding to them in this way, where, like, if someone says, oh, well, you, you must be a groomer because you, you, you're you trans or whatever, I'm just going to take a screenshot of something like David Duke or some yeah. other obvious racist that happens to be white says and post it in the comment. Like, oh, okay, so, so you're white just like this guy's white. You must agree with that, right? It's also just so funny, like even just thinking of someone calling you a groomer. Because you want, like, really nothing to do with children. That's what I think. So it's just like, okay. So it's like, okay, clearly you don't know Aria because if you've even, like, listened to anything she's said, I mean, clearly she's not a groomer. They they don't. They they don't know anything about any of the people they respond. All they know is, oh, you're trans. You must be a groomer. And that that's the extent of that's where their mental that's where their mental capacity is at too. They're literally still just that six year old going, boys have peepees and girls don't. That that's the exact level of mentality they're at. Oh, you're trans. You must be a groomer. What? There's there's no causal relationship there between those two statements, man. And it's not because I want to convince your kids to be trans that I'm against these laws in Florida because I want to groom your kids or whatever. It's because maybe I don't want your parents to hate your kids to hate you the way that I hate my parents because of what they did in the name of this conservative BS. But that's what that's what the end result of this is going to be is, okay, you want LGBT people to leave to leave Florida, guess what? Your kids just left Florida. Guess what? They're never going to speak to you again. Guess what? You're going to die alone because one of your, because your son is gay and your daughter supports your son because they grew up together and they're not old boomers like you are. And they're never going to speak to you again because you're, you're this crotchety old person who's bigoted. I mean, I even saw one person online post a, there was like at some elementary school, these kids burned a pride flag or somehow the pride flag got burned and their their point yeah like yeah their point though was why is there even a pride flag in an elementary school and i'm thinking okay like why is there a lighter yeah okay yeah there's that (laughs) so like that and but that's the point they're just like oh my gosh why is this like why is there a pride flag i mean these kids i don't think they're being groomed they could have gay parents like or their teachers are just trying to teach them acceptance or about it's not about like, oh, I'm going to, you know, we're, we're teaching these elementary schoolers about sex and and all of like they're going to go watch gay porn. Like, that's not what's happening. No. But these people always have to take it way to the extreme. But, you know, you know, and it's like if your kid becomes gay because they saw a rainbow flag, your kid was gay in the first place. Like, that's not what's making kids gay. There's so much truth to that. But these people, they seem to think that kids are like just these empty slates that they can fill with ideas. Like, I I saw Carlin Boroshenko post today that something about Meghan Markle and Harry, her husband, like, if they divorce, is she going to trans the kids? And I was like, the hell do you mean trans the kids? I mean, it's just, it's so bizarre to me that that's, that's really her understanding of kids. It's just this blank slate that has no personality, no characteristics, no features until the parent or some social influence says, no, this is what you are. That's not true. I've always been super against the idea that you can just make a kid believe whatever you want and be whatever you want because it used to annoy me. There's this like There's phenomenon. There's documented evidence that you can't. There's yeah, of this course. like phenomenon. There are so many women like my age that have kids and then they start being like, we don't like pink. I'm having a girl, but we don't like pink. And I had I was forced to like pink as a kid 
but I'm not going to do that to my... That never happened to me. I was drawn to Barbies, to pink, to anything girly, and it had nothing to do with my parents being like, you're going to like it whether you want to or not. Because you have a soul and a personality, Yeah, my sister, who is only like 16 months older than me, not six, um, she... Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, she always liked blue. And even like it's yeah. our parents raised us, you know, very similar. And we have very specific personalities. I wasn't forced to like pink. And I just think that's an annoying, dumb thing. Pe- people think they own their kids. No, and that's something that really bothers me, too, because I, you know, if I believe that all adults are free people and, you know, they they're deserving of liberty and freedom. Like, I also extend that same respect to children. Obviously, there's a certain level of like nurturing and you need to like, you know, you're still like need to take care of them and make right. them safe because they don't know everything yet. But there still needs to be like consent. And those are still their own individuals and their own human beings like that isn't your property. That's a human being. I don't care how old they are. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. If you want to join us, we do have callers waiting on the line. I want to get to those. We have Brian on the line with us. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hey. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I just wanted to talk to you guys. I hear you guys, uh, you know, bragging about principles and Mm. libertarianism. And uh, I just uh, get so nauseous hearing you guys talk about that. (laughs) Like, uh, first off, I don't get it. Like, uh, you guys claiming to be so principled and righteous. But you don't even acknowledge that, uh, you know, principles. Like, uh, I, I take it you guys are... So, I understand a lot about you guys, right? I'm not someone who doesn't understand. Well, uh, you did say you I, don't understand what we're talking about, but go on. I've never claimed to be righteous yeah. either, so, I mean, that's an important issue. No, but you guys are bragging about, you know, uh, how I, principled you guys are. If it comes out as bragging, yeah, if it comes off as bragging, maybe you're jealous, like, naturally, but it has nothing not, to do jealous. with bragging. It's, it's, I'm not it's being able to state principles <laughs> that I live my life by is not... Bragging. I'm sorry that it makes no sense to you. Maybe you have to fi- or should find a different program to listen to because you well, obviously no, I wanna, can't I, understand. No, I, I really want to hear his point. What's your point? Continue. Yeah, my point is, is first off, it's nonsensical, right? And uh, because it's Good nonsensical is, is where you have difficulty in converting people. What is nonsensical like, about it? Uh, it doesn't make sense. Like, uh, first off, I, I, I particularly heard... One of you just say that uh, aggression's never right, ever. Unless it's self-defense. That's what, that's what a principle is, right? Not, I, not. I no said it's aggr- always wrong to initiate principle. force and violence and yeah. aggression. Yes, yes. So, so like, I mean, I can point to several examples where it's just nonsensical. So okay. please give us one. Yeah, give us one because I suspect what we're okay, going so to like find that, is that we're misunderstanding the, the term first, initiate. What's that? I suspect okay, what so we're going to find is that we're missing the term initiate, which is like you're going to no, present I'm me not, this I'm hypothetical where someone is being attacked I'm, by I'm, someone I'm else and you're like, well, dude, you can't ask me to repeat what I said and then not let me repeat it. You're going to present this hypothetical where someone gets attacked by someone else and you're like, and you mean you can just stand there rather than initiating aggression to stop that attack? But that's not initiating you're aggression. Assuming, you're assuming my argument. Don't, can you please not put words in Okay, okay you did ask her to repeat herself, but you, go ahead. You please give your example. Please give your example. Well, first off, uh, that's why I tried to uh, establish that. I know a lot about you guys, right? No, don't no, assume, stop, please. Give us an example of when it's okay to initiate yeah, aggression but, so we can oh. continue the conversation. Okay, so like uh, like you guys force your kids to do things, right? You I don't know, have kids. 
none of us have kids. No, let's say if you did. Nikki let's just explained that kids, you, since yeah, they don't understand things, you may have yeah, to... Yeah, like, I just said I wouldn't force my kids to do literally anything. Okay, so... No, no, Brian, you can't <laughs> ask a question and then get upset when we answer it. Nikki already said that there are certain things you have to make your kids do because you want to keep them safe. You're, you're Doug, not gonna, I'm not going to let my kid run in the middle of the street and get hit by a car but i'm gonna let so them you know wants, what if he wants to do it right? well you're bringing okay, kids but, into the equation okay. that's always the first thing so, that people do when they don't understand the so, nap let, let me just let me just answer this so what i said was children are individual hold on chill out dude yeah but you just Brian, asked chill, me if i was gonna let my kid oh what if your kid wants to get hit by a car that is dumb yeah, if let, i have let, a five-year-old or a two-year-old it is my job as their parent to protect them like, there are certain things, like, yeah, I want my kids to be individuals and free, so if they want to play with uh, Barbies and they're a boy, like, that's fine. stuff like that, or, you know, yeah, your uncle needs to ask for consent before he hugs you, things like that, but as a parent, it's my job to keep them safe. Go ahead, Brian. So, so, you, agree, so you agree with that uh, initiation of force uh, works with kids, right? But that's not initi- that is not were, were initiation you, of force. Okay, 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 Brian. Where you place, where, where you place uh, initiation of force. I, 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 can, I can fix this. See, I was not as precise as I should have been when I said that initiating force is never okay. That was an imprecise statement, right? Okay. Then why do you, why do you call it the like uh, another term for the um, non-aggression the principle? The aggression principle. It's non-aggression. That means none, absolutely none. That's a principle. You but I, I make anything. a limited exception for the possibility of those who are incapable of making sound decisions for themselves. And okay. I don't like, make it. LRN FM. This guy's so annoying. <laughs> I, I put him on hold rather than you uh, just instinctively. Uh, we'll just <laughs> keep him on hold that. while I ask a question for a second, please, because all he does is say, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, when yeah. people are talking. <laughs> Anyways, I don't make any concession at all. Personally, I don't believe that it is aggression to stop a child from killing themselves. I tend to agree with whole- that as, for the most part as well. I think like if a kid's running out into the street, I don't think it's necessarily going... I guess in the most technical instances, yes, it would be aggression, but I don't think any rational person would consider it aggression yeah, to grab that kid. Better, the kid you know? doesn't want to die. The kid wants to run. You stop them. You bring them to a place they can run. The kid doesn't know if they go and get into the road, a car is coming, they're going to die. It's not like this kid is making a choice and you're stopping them from that. Cho- That's not actually happening. But when someone's an adult and they want to kill themselves... Then you let them kill themselves. That's just, that's my principle. That's a really good point. The child doesn't have all of the pieces of information right. that would allow the child to make a critical distinction. Brian, are you still with us? Sorry about that. I, I, I'm not I, sorry. Like, okay. I, I heard a beep. When you, when I hear a beep, does that mean I'm on hold? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I could have been because I hit the dump button as well. I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, it could have been okay. because um, things got a little heated there. And You're on the air now though. Yeah. Was, was I on mute though? Yeah, why? Because were you talking the entire time? Because I suspect you probably were. No. Uh, Could you hear me? A little bit, but I figured yeah. that since it didn't seem like you were hearing me, I thought I was on mute. I just want to know. So when I talk, like, I, I just feel it unfair. There's three of you. Like, I can't wait for all three of you to make each three points and then I make one. Well, you're not allowing like, us I to make any point. You then, don't get a monologue what? on Free Talk Live. You get to have a conversation and there's four people talking. 
Well, let's continue to the next point, then. Yeah, I think it's fair. Three people to make points, and then one person makes a counterpoint? Yeah, I think that's totally fair. You called into a radio show with three people hosting. Yeah, I mean, you did call into the show here, and... It's I, I I feel you, man. It's a daunting thing. That's why I know what I'm getting into when I go to Luke Radowski's Twitter and you know I come and like look at all the hate in your comments, man. You need to think about this. I know that I'm going to get gang banged by conservatives, yeah. right? Yeah. That's just the nature of the beast. So and when you call a libertarian show and you want to talk about the principles of libertarianism and why you don't get it and why you think it's okay to beat kids or whatever, you're going to get pushback. And the but the thing- big issue there was that. You wouldn't let us answer the questions that you were asking. And the other thing is, if you're just answering every time half of an answer is given by us, you're you're acting like, oh, see, see, I I got this in, and now it, the whole picture isn't there yet. Maybe you need to go and actually learn about the principle of these things if you want to have this conversation. It's so insanely frustrating to have a conversation with somebody who doesn't even know the first thing about what they're talking about. That's a really, really good point. He, and at no point in that was he having a conversation. He wasn't listening. He was waiting to speak. Yeah, and, and it's annoying because people are so sure of what they believe when they haven't went and read a book about what they're talking about. Yeah, that, that is a sad one right there. Because I, I don't know very much about evolutionary biology, right? I've always known right. that's one of the weaker points of my atheism. It's like if someone wants me to explain atheist to, I mean, biology to them and evolutionary theory, I just, I can't do it. So I read um, a book by Dawkins. I can't even remember the name of the book at this point, but it was pretty good. And it was, a was it gene theory or gene machines? I think it was something along those lines where it characterized human beings and all organisms as being gene machines. We, we are We are machines being built and programmed by our genes to do certain things. And it was really fascinating. And because of that, I was better equipped to have conversations with people about evolutionary theory. I just haven't read something about evolutionary theory. So the idea that I would call into a radio show and be like, no, no, you guys are wrong. Listen, it makes zero sense. I believe this X and then think that I'm actually getting anywhere or that this is a conversation that people want to listen to on the radio. It just pisses me off. They're wasting our time. They're unread. They're stupid. He is stupid, and I'm not sorry. And I hate callers like that. And that that's I don't a- know. Honestly, I, I think it's great because, like, when I listen to Free Talk Live, this is the type of thing. You know, it, it's yeah. boring when people call in and they're just like, "Yeah, I just agree with you guys." And okay, like, no, if you disagree, I want you to call in and let's talk about it. But be, be a when little you get educated. To drop an f bomb. That's when you know it's good. Yeah, like that's good radio <laughs> to me at least. Be educated on what you're talking about, though. Like, I think it's interesting if somebody came in and they were like listen blah 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 bonnie about the conversation with the drunk baby i disagree with you and this is why and they have really good reasons as to why like me Ari, and ian yesterday or the day before we were arguing about the word aggression oh, no, i mostly just sat there I, but, I tried not to get involved but that was fun we all had like educated reasons for our beliefs this guy's just like no 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 it makes no sense why because it makes no sense I do want to thank you for the call tonight, Brian. Of course, if you you want to talk about libertarianism, you're always welcome to call back on a different night and talk to different co-hosts here. If you feel like we were, you know, teaming up on you or whatever, there's different people you can talk to tomorrow. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live, and you can join us, 603-283-6160, that's 603-283-6160, with you tonight is Aria, Bonnie, and Nikki, and it is difficult, right, to 
to have a conversation with three people who disagree with you. And this is one of the things I watch. Uh, when I ran for sheriff, I became aware of this lady who runs this thing called the Breaking Bread Village. And it's a communications show. I think she actually has a a television show now in the Midwest somewhere. I'm not exactly sure where. But she interviewed me and one of the she she's really big on listening. And I always strive to be more like her. And I obviously fell, right? I'm not the best listener out there, certainly. But like she motivates me to try to be a better listener because the issue people have when we have conversations like that, like we just had with the caller, it's not, he wasn't listening to us and we may or may not have been listening to him. I tend to think we were listening to him, but we weren't being allowed to address his points. And, but anyway, there was not a lot of communication happening. He wasn't. Yeah. There's listening to understand and there's listening to respond. Right. And that, that was exactly, and she's really big on that. So that's the Breaking Bread Village I'm just talking about for whatever reason. But I just feel like I had nothing to learn from this person who is telling me he doesn't understand the basics of the thing he's trying to have a conversation from. I, I felt like we could have gotten somewhere if there wasn't so much complaining from him. Like, I felt, I'm like, you're wasting precious airtime by, you know, making these, you know, like voicing your grievances where you could just get on and you know, like, the, let's move on to the next point. Like, because I was really, really interested. Like, I I wanted to hear more, but it was just, we were going around in circles. Well, you mentioned the key word there, which is expressing grievances. And I got to tell you, we've got the expert at that here on the line. We have Mr. Butt calling from New Mexico. Mr. Butt, you're on Free Talk Live. You can call me in the butt. And hey, Arya, you know that, I was thinking, that advice you gave me last night, that was really actually great advice. And I, I think um, it actually probably would work for you, too. What was it? Stop acting like a little girl. Okay. I, I don't act little, but sure. Or a big girl. Okay. Hey. He thought about this all night. That was his <laughs> good really? one he thought about all night. No, no. You're not the first the person to suggest that to me, Dave. My life would be easier. Yeah, but but, but the, the difference between me and the other people is you said it to me first. So oh, I, I helping, sure did. Helping, yeah. Uh, pardon? Yeah, I sure did. I'm not denying yeah. that I said that. Yeah. Is that all you yeah, wanted no, tonight? I said it's good advice. It just occurred to me that it would work for you, too. Did that just occur to you, or did that occur to you last night? You Doesn't missed sound thinking, like... Boy, I can't no, wait to occurred, call yeah, in to say that. Me, it occurred to me when, when you guys uh, put, me on, put me on hold, and I can't uh, respond to what you say, you know, all the little j- jabs and cuts that you make, and you put the person on hold. When It occurred to me then. I would have said it then. I haven't put you on hold at all tonight, David. Probably Ian yesterday. Last night. Okay. Well, yeah, but take the, that up with Ian. The other thing about it is like this isn't oh, not little girl behavior, David. This is not Pardon? this isn't not high school little girl behavior, David, to wait all night <laughs> and then call have in. You, have you listened to yourself? I don't think he understood what you said. I don't think he has the capacity to understand. That's why no, I'm just I'm, I'm really too, annoyed I'm and tired of stupid about, people. My yes, IQ I know. Is only about 65. Yeah, I'm done my with IQ talking only... to people like that. People with IQ of 65, David, you are stupid. Yes. You never understand what you're is, talking I know. about. I just told you I'm stupid. My IQ is 65, and yours Dave, is one. I'm not arguing David, with you. I'm what? agreeing with David, you. David, what's your what's your what's your topic yeah, tonight? You're... Did you just call in with that zinger? Is that was that it? Huh? Uh, no, that I I got more, but I didn't expect to even get this far. So. Uh, let me let me let me uh, regroup here. Okay. So uh, actually, actually, Aria, what, what would you like to talk about? 
David, that's not the way this works, man. If you have a topic you want to talk about, you're welcome to call into the show. 603-283-6160. Of course, if you can call in and talk about whatever you want. But you don't get to call out and ask us what we want to talk about. I mean, we have show we, prep. Yeah, like yeah. we were just talking about it. So I have an article here about David Reimer, who received a botched circumcision as a child. Mm. And the way they handled this, was this would never fly today, right? Like if some psychologist or surgeon or whatever wanted to do this, they decided, well, since we screwed up this circumcision, we're going to raise this person as a girl. And mm. this, this is a critically How? important story for trans, transgenderism and transitioning and all that because they literally thought that they could take this person with this botched circumcision and just raise him to be a girl also, and that like, it would not be any issues at all. How badly did they botch his circumcision that they were like, well, you know, we're just going to turn it inside out or whatever they do. I don't know <laughs> the answer to that, but I do want to get into that because it's related to what we we're talking about earlier, but we also, we have other callers on the line. We have Sam on the line from Ohio. Sam, you're on free talk live. Are you still with us, Sam? It would appear not. All right, well, we also have Frank on the... Oh, I hit the wrong button. Frank, call back. That was my fault. I did not mean to actually do that, Frank. I hit the wrong button in trying to put you on, and I accidentally ended ended the call. So that was my fault, Frank. But anyway, I'm going to try to do this one correctly and go to Turd Ferguson, who's on the line. Turd, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hey, what's up? I hope you guys are having a good evening. So, um, look, uh, I was listening to that... <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, I got like a really sore throat tonight. So I was listening to that call uh, before the break, and um, I and look, I'm I'm not a libertarian, okay, and uh, I can I can and I've I used to be one, uh, I think, um, but I can think of some some ways where I think it's acceptable to violate the non-aggression principle or initiate force as the libertarians would say. Okay. Can you give us an example? uh, Like that would be great because the last guy wouldn't go ahead. I'll give you an example. So let's just say overseas in some country that hates us. um, There is a group of terrorists in a telegram chat and they're planning uh, to drop a nuclear bomb on the United States. They're going to kill millions of people or something like something like that. And there is some guy in that Telegram chat who's not going to be a part of this terrorist attack, but he sympathizes with them, okay? And he wants it to happen, and he's cheering it on, and he knows who all these people are that's going to attack us, okay? And our FBI or the CIA or one of these three-letter agencies uh, was able to figure out uh, none of the other Telegram users, but except for this guy, okay? I don't see any issue with putting this guy on a waterboard and dumping water on his face until he tells us who these people are so we can save the lives of millions of people. I don't think initiating a temporary amount of pain on one individual without killing him is not acceptable to save the lives of millions of people. And that's an initiation of force. And that's why I don't believe in the, well, and I'm not saying the non-aggression principle is bad. I, I think it's great for a personal philosophy but there are objectively scenarios in life that would come up where it's okay to initiate force, such as the one that I've just given you. Do either of you want to respond? I don't know. To me, it kind of that's bordering almost on self-defense. And yeah, you said like he wasn't no, actively. Not. I mean, yeah, but he wasn't actively going to do something like that. Correct. But if, I, and I hate disagree. like the the greater good thing, but 
I disagree that it's self-defense because that person isn't in that moment trying to hurt a person and you're stopping them. So therefore, it's not self-defense. I don't think it's okay or acceptable in any way. I believe that if we're going to have some kind of... If your society has something like the CIA that doesn't go around just starting wars and you have some kind of security... Or, and you have some okay, kind of so- security. Listen, I'm answering your question. You have some kind of security. They find out some information. They find out this guy knows information on a uh, planned terror attack that's coming. I think that you can ask them questions and try to um, investigate more things yourself. You got pretty far finding that guy. I don't think it suddenly becomes okay to torture a person. And I think that that's actually psychopathy within yourself. Mr. Turd. My answer is pretty similar. I don't care for the greater good. And if you have, if I have to die, I mean, if the only way to keep me alive is by torturing someone else, then just let me die. Right. So it's wrong to allow torture to exist in the world. And I'm not going to facilitate that. Right. I can't control what other people are doing, but I can control what I'm doing. Yeah. I agree with that. And, and I think, and, and look, I I respect what you're saying, but I, I think, I think, A, the vast majority of the people in the world are going to agree with me, and probably even some libertarians. Okay? Most people are not libertarians. Yeah, so. most people are wrong. So, I mean, you're appealing well, to the majority. Uh, uh, well, I'm not. Maybe. Um, I'm also just appealing to reasonability. I, I don't think that hurting temporarily one person to save the lives of millions of innocent people is... Is, I mean, that's I, absolutely I, I horrible. That's, there is no circumstance no, where I would be okay with torturing an innocent person. The other and, thing and is, I cannot believe you be that you're okay with, with that. If we're not initiating to force be okay to begin with, with then why is this other country going to be hating us? The only reason that other countries, quote unquote, hate us is not for our freedom. It's for the fact that we've been over there initiating violence. And yeah, that's I, a great sure. point. And I'm, right, but I think Ted's argument is more theoretical. I know. Right? I'm just, oh I'm just throwing it out there because... Okay, I, I get it. See, this is why I can't. This is. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Turd. I mean, I again, that's all there is to it. I there is no scenario in which it's okay to torture people. You're you're blaming this one guy and you're torturing him. You're inflicting horrific immorality on this one guy who isn't guilty of doing this thing simply because yeah. he happens to know some other people. And I don't care how many people it's going to save, man. I just don't. And the That's thing about, wrong. The thing about it being theoretical is he's basing it upon all these other things. Like, there, we have a CIA in this theoretical situation. The, theoretical things don't always work out unless you make them as simple as humanly possible. You have to make it like, would it be okay if somebody was, like, in your neighborhood planning to shoot you? Because when you're acting like there's another country that for some reason hates us, why do they hate us? Was a force already initiated in this situation? We might deserve to get bombed if we've been over there bombing them that's a really good point that was sort of what i expected it to be is like okay well if you you know if you see somebody about to commit an act of aggression you know if you know if you know they're going to drop the nuclear bomb on them then you have to kill them right it's like again that's a real incredible threat and that's that makes aggression it's not some vague well i'm gonna shoot cops in the head thing that someone foolishly says on gab or parlor or whatever this is a clear actionable threat and that's the thing too it's like well if i think you're gonna you know aggress on me why would i wait until like after you shoot me in the head or rape me you know what i mean like no that's like part of the self-defense part like i'm supposed to defend myself before it happens I debated Denkertarians on this exact issue a long time ago. 
like what is and isn't a credible threat. And their perspective was that, you know, if I if I'm afraid, if it makes me afraid, then it's therefore a credible threat. And I was like, no, that's not at all the way to because you're in control of whether or not you're afraid. So if I'm just walking down the street and I'm, let's say I'm racist and I see some black man coming toward me and that makes me afraid, that doesn't make it self-defense hmm. for me to attack this man. Yeah, That makes it aggression, right? Like my fear is not what makes the difference between yeah. justified that, and unjustified. A very good point about even turds thing. Forgetting what I said about like why it's really hard to take it at, at face value. The correct response would be more to put up more defense against yeah. this credible or this possible threat that could be happening. The correct response is to uh, defend your, you know, quote unquote country that you have in this scenario. It's not to I go mean, in out and torture a person. I mean, I don't think interrogating him would be wrong. I mean, torturing sure. anyone. Yeah, that's wrong. But it's like if I think, you know, information on like. You know, you're potentially like millions of people are going to die and this person might have information like, yeah, let's go ask him a few questions about it. Yeah, maybe it. even try to convince him like, listen, you don't want this on your conscience type of thing. Like yeah, try like to convince is, him to work with you. Yeah, without actually using legit violence or like any sort of torture techniques, you know. Turd, what you're suggesting that we do to this guy is identical to what the North Korean regime did to this toddler for his family having a Bible. It creates this chilling effect where you're scared of doing anything. You're scared of associating with certain people. You don't want to have a friend because if your friend happens to be a terrorist, then you're going to get tortured. You might get tortured. If your friend happens to be a Christian, you might get sent to a prison camp I mean, for life. You can't have a society that functions like that. I mean, not just North Korea. The U.S. government is doing that to people right now, probably as we speak. Right, but they're the obviously evil ones. And Turd's argument literally justifies what the North Korean government is doing. Well, maybe those, maybe the the toddler wasn't actually being a Christian, but his family were, and we just we just got to torture the the toddler to make sure that the parents don't do anything yeah. wrong. It's horrific. Crack a few Guil- eggs to make an omelet. Yeah, like guilty by association. Yeah, absolutely cannot get on board with that. If anything, punish the guilty parties. And I'm not even a fan of punishing guilty people. I don't think it does any good, but I'll, I will allow people that one. But punish the guilty parties. Not innocent bystanders. You you can't torture people because they were in a telegram chat where some other people yeah. did some evil things. That's, that's absolutely horrific, regardless of how many lives it saves. So I do want to talk about this subject because um, we mentioned, you know, transing the kids and kids being blank slates. And this is a common sentiment from people, especially in regard to LGBTQ stuff, right? They don't think that making their kids aware that doctors exist is going to make their kid want to become a doctor hmm. or an astronaut exists is going to make their kid want to become an astronaut. Although but drag queens. That one probably. But drag queens and trans and gay people, no, just being exposed to them will do the trick. And it's because they view their kids as these empty blank slates onto which their personalities are going to be etched into it by television and their parents and their schools. And that's fundamentally not the way people are. And we have examples of exactly this. The best example I can think of is David Reimer. He was a Canadian man who was raised as a girl for most of the first 14 years of his life in a highly touted medical experiment that seemed to resolve the debate over the cultural and biological determinants of gender he died at the age of 38. He committed suicide oh my gosh. on May the 4th in his hometown. I didn't know he committed that's suicide. That's really sad. Yeah, that's, that's an update that I had missed. I mean, apparently it was quite a while ago as well, 2004. Oh. So this dude hasn't been alive as long as I've been tra- 
as long as I've transitioned. So anyway, at eight months of age, Reimer became the unwitting subject of sex reassignment, a treatment method embraced by his parents after his organs were all but obliterated during a botched circumcision. So really Uh, badly botched circumcision. Oh, my God. Which well, like is now, all the more now, reason we shouldn't be yeah, circumcising was, people yeah. in the first place. Exactly. Yeah, if we want to talk about genital mutilation, let's right. start with circumcision. 3,000 infants a day, according to uh, Vermin Supreme. Yeah, I was going to say, the thing Vermin Supreme uh, posted on your post, I read it to Ian and I was like, I didn't. I knew circumcision is bad on principle, but I never knew how bad it is. Like, you lose 50% of the nerve well, endings in your... We don't know that based on... Um, infants getting it, but as an adult, so it's it's hard to tell, like for sure, if that same result. But okay. you you could assume we can infer that. Though. But we know, like for adults that have gotten it, we we do know that to be true. But even let's say it's ten percent of the feeling in your member, it's so incredibly wrong. It's ridiculous to, to take a newborn infant. And cut off part of their body, often without anesthesia. Often it's not a medical doctor doing this. Always without anesthesia. Always? I'm sorry. I I thought it was just often. I have watched this happen and I'm like still not okay from it. And I can't like if parents I so they don't they don't let the parents come in for obvious reasons. That's why um, my mom didn't get my they, last little brother one because she for whatever reason saw one of my older little yeah. brothers get it done and she did not let it no, happen it's, to the last it's one. It's traumatizing. Like if you saw what they did, if you even like like watch an animated video on how they do it, it is horrifying. God. And and you know, I am not like when it comes to my own like midwifery clients, I'm not super pushy about it. Like I do, right. I'm not going to be like, you know, trying to like really scare people and force them, but I do give them the facts and, you know, I let them know like my experience that it's kind of, you know, hard to watch. And, you know, I, I tried to be kind of more non-biased because honest, I'm, it seems to serve no benefit whatsoever. Yeah. Ethically, I'm adamantly against it but i also don't want to be too pushy on my views especially in that professional sense that makes a lot of sense it's it's really difficult yeah i mean you got to walk that narrow line it was i cannot believe that doctors do that i mean yeah 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 it's It's hard three thousand a day apparently i I didn't realize it was that widespread i mean i knew it was widespread but it's kind of starting to less parents are doing Man, it because of so. the, the all of the activism yeah. or the uh, intactivists it's literally, on the internet. Like the, the word is kind of starting to go out like, okay, this isn't medically necessary and these are all of the reasons why you and shouldn't it, do it. The only reason I've ever heard that people will give that they need to get this done to your, you need to get this done to your children is like a hygiene thing. It's like, why don't you just teach your kids to be hygienic with the yeah. thing or that they're born shower. with? You know, do you want to know the, the number one reason why people do it? What? I want him to look like his dad. Oh, like look like everyone else. Yeah, yeah. but like, but trans people are the are the weirdos. The weirdos, yes. Okay. That's very weird. So it's a weird thing to say. We're accused of what aboutism when we brought this up. It's like, oh, stop saying what about this and let's focus on this. I was like, no, we can't. We have to play a what aboutism here because what we're talking about here. Sexual reassignment for people under the age of 18. Since 2019, there have been 56 documented cases of it happening for people under the age of 18. 56 over a four-year period. That's mm-hmm. not even, well, that, I guess that's just over one every single month throughout the entire 
United States. And those were all trans people? Yes. Okay. And this was just 56 people under the age of 18 who had had sexual reassignment surgery. That's so extraordinarily rare, it's not worth talking about. You don't make legislation based on things that happen to 56 out of 320 million people. You just don't. That's stupid. That's insane. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're focusing on that, those 56 people, those one person a month, and you're ignoring... These 3,000 a day, that's not just what aboutism at this point. That that's You have chosen this particular thing to be upset about, and there's way bigger, yeah. way bigger stuff you should be upset about. And don't get me wrong. I actually do not support gender reassignment surgery in people at, under... I mean, I don't really think it's a good idea for anyone, especially not people under the age of 18. Like, I think that is like a big decision. Yeah. There are lots and lots and lots of complications, and it should be not taken lightly, I don't know any trans you know, person who suggests that people under the age of 18 should get no. sexual reassignment surgery. Honestly, the majority of trans people that I know don't even want it. Nope. I actually don't One know a four. single trans person that I know in real life that wants it. I know a few, but they're outliers. Uh, one and Only one of four trans people even get the surgery. And I suspect that number is going to go down as being trans is more like normalized. Because right now, you have to like really be invested in being trans to put up with all of this crap. If it wasn't as big a deal, if it wasn't so demonized, I suspect more people would be interested in transitioning. Just like if you you had to really be a proponent of being left-handed to live as a left-handed person in 1820, right? But as being left-handed became more normalized and became more widely accepted, more and more people are like, all right, well, I I can be left-handed too then. So I suspect as it becomes normalized and less demonized, we'll see more trans people. And I suspect that rate of one in four is going to go down to maybe as low as one in 10 or maybe Mm -hmm. one in 20. But most trans people just aren't interested in it. And certainly no one is interested in advocating for that to be done to people under the age of 18. And all of these hospitals that even do this surgery, if you go to their website, they will state clearly that they don't perform this surgery for anyone under the age of 18. This discussion about children having their genitals mutilated is literally one that conservatives yeah. have made up. Yeah, it's like not really happening. And they've, they, they're they so ignorant of the topic that they've made up this, this windmill to be angry at, and they think it's the actual giant that is transgenderism. Yeah. And they're, they don't listen <laughs> when you explain this stuff to them. They think gender-affirming care. Right. That that's to them. That means yeah. genital mutilation. No, it's like let let the kid, you know, have their hairstyle, wear makeup if they want to. Like just that's literally all it is. An outward appearance thing. That's it, all it is. It's not like cutting off body parts. Like and, and honestly, like if they really, truly believe that I kind of get why they're angry, because that kind of sounds horrifying. Yeah. But, but that's, not, that's what's not, happening. not happening. And I feel like a lot of trans people and just, you know, just people that are kind of like in support of trans people are trying to tell conservatives this and they're just not listening because they're just having so much fun being angry. And I think they did secretly like not really like that trans people exist. Um, so like, this is a great excuse to be like, well, this is, oh, here it is. I finally have my reason. Like, this is why I don't like trans people. And it's like, no, you just don't like trans people for whatever yeah, reason, because so it, it goes against like your Puritan values. Like girls are I've supposed decided- to look like this and boys are supposed to look like this and they're supposed to get married and like, you know, gay people are bad. God said so this, that, and the other thing. I think there's a lot more misogyny to it than I, than I would yeah. have expected. Like someone says something today is like, no, this, the problem is that this is all planned by the elites to make men effeminate so they don't resist 
resist and so they blindly mm, obey or whatever. I'm like, no, well, probably not. as I thought about it, I was like, man, that actually says a lot about your opinions about women. Yeah. You think that women don't, what women only obey, they go around meekly and they, they won't resist. It's being effeminate. I saw you say that or talk about this on Twitter and I, had, I never really thought about it like that as many times as I've heard this like from VigilantCitizen.com he's been saying forever like the trans uh, agenda is to make men more like women so we can't protect our country. Yeah, and it's like, man, some of the women I know are way more hardcore than the men. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. Nikki. And it's Bonnie. And we're talking here about whether or not children are blank slates waiting to be programmed by whatever adults or television or satanic media influences are in their lives, or whether or not children can have personalities of their own. But before we get that, I want to get your attention, all freedom lovers. Do you think that people should have the right to govern themselves? Well, if you don't, I'm confused why you're still listening to us two hours into the show. But hey, maybe you just like listening to us talk about stuff. But if you do believe that people should be able to govern themselves, you'll want to check out the Liberty in Our Lifetime Conference, which is taking place in Prague from October the 14th through the 15th. It's the best place to learn about free cities, which are self-governing territories that uphold individual rights and freedoms. Well, and that's the interesting thing. Some of them do. But if you want to start your free private city or whatever, and you want to be a dictator there, there's nothing stopping you from doing that. And that's that's completely in line with some of these things, right? That you, where if you wanted to live under this t- dictatorship, you could do that, right? But no one is forcing you to do it. It's it's free in that sense. And that's a wonderful thing. Representatives from projects in the U.S., Honduras, Germany, and Norway will be joining. So check it out. Our own Mark is going to be speaking at the conference. And last year he was there. And he called the gathering the most likely to create more human freedom. Visit libertyinourlifetime.org to find out more. Got to remember, though, Mark is pretty jaded on the Free State yeah. Project. <laughs> I, I love that. He was just like, you got to add this into the ad. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I said that, but I think he's wrong. Um, I think <laughs> that the Free State Project is the most likely to, you know, achieve liberty in our lifetime again. Fight me, Mark. Libertyinourlifetime.org, though, because they are doing good things and there are places where you may you may be able to, I guess it depends on what you mean by free, but you may be able to secure more freedom for yourself in your lifetime by going to libertyinourlifetime.org. Use code FTL for 10% off on discount, 10% discount on tickets. That's FTL and uh, libertyinourlifetime.org. Let's go to the phones, though. We have Major Payne on the line from Michigan. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I, I fear your wishes will not come to fruition during your lifetime, but perchance if any of you have children, perhaps during their lifetime, that might come to fruition. Yeah, my general perspective on this is that human beings won't achieve any sort of libertarian society until we're colonizing other planets, at which point we can... We can do the Free State Project, but there won't already be a yeah, state there. Free State Planet. Yeah, that, that's the that's the only hope I see for there being a future free human society. Because at that point as well, if we tried to do that here on Earth and one of these free private cities was actually successful and was 
uh, successful in getting all of the gold and all the money brought in, it would just be a matter of time before the U.S. government or the Soviet Union or Russia or China or whatever was like, hey, they have a lot of money and they have no defenses. They don't even have a military. That's our stuff now. But when you have... You're most definitely grasping for straws. We cannot move freedom from Earth to Mars or Jupiter. Or why not? Uranus. Yeah, why not? You just have you are just like limiting Arya's imagination. It's just but, a thought. It's just an idea right well, now. Isn't uh, Elon Musk already trying to take folks to Mars? Humans will absolutely explore other planets. Yeah, haven't you seen Star Trek? No, no, no. Imagination and reality are totally separate, and you have to be able to Reality starts in the imagination. Sorry, I did cut you off, but it's just a fact. It starts in the imagination, but that doesn't mean it comes to fruition, just like the New Hampshire Project. Absolutely does mean that it comes to fruition. The first person that invented a chair, he thought, I want a thing to do kind of like this. I'm imagining a thing that's shaped like this, and then I can sit on it to do my work instead of blah, blah, blah. And then he made it happen based on what his imagination came up with. And that's how yeah. everything on this planet works. Major, people told the Wright brothers they would never fly. People were saying it's going to be centuries more before people fly. They told Christopher Columbus he was crazy. They told Ferdinand Magellan that he was going to sell off the end of the earth. There's a long history of people saying, hey, we're going to do this. But I got to tell you, man, humans will absolutely explore other planets. That's a certainty. If human beings don't wipe ourselves out or get wiped out by AI or something, that is, as long as humans survive... Other planets will be colonized. I really, really don't want to go to another planet. Like, if that's one of my biggest fears, I have dreams that I'm, like, in space, and then I just wake up. Because I'm like, oh, my God, wait, I'm not on Earth? And then I start freaking out anyways. But but I still think that you might be right. Major, because- do you believe humans have been to the moon? Um, well, from the pictures I've seen, I was alive during the moon launches and whatnot. So I, I think I'd have to say yes. So you accept that humans can get to the moon, but not Mars? Well, I don't know if they can get there or not, but survival and getting there is two different things. How many how many men went across the Mississippi and up into the mountains to gain their fortune and got their hair raised and their hearts ate by the Certainly. Eagles? Certainly. I, no one's saying it's going to be easy to colonize these other planets. I didn't mean to suggest that at all. And she never said that she already knows how it's going to happen. It's like... Every th- new thing that every new thing that gets taken on, it's going to be a lot of trial and error and trying to s- figure out scientifically how we do a thing. All I said to spark this whole damn thing was <laughs> it was doubtful. Okay, and now I'm going to stick with that one. But I got a feel good story for you. This is right here in Alpena Township. Just probably happened a week or two ago as mushroom season just ended, which you'll understand here in a minute if you let me tell the tale. Well, it seems his mother took, when the, when the boy was eight years old, and I think I know the store that this happened to, is Big Lots. They used to buy uh, going out of business and overstocks and whatnot, and they were going out of business just about the time this kid would have been eight years old. So his mother bought him a slingshot for $3. And, of course, he went out in the backyard and played with it, but this isn't a slingshot like you're thinking of, just a forked stick with a couple of pieces of inner tube and a leather pouch. They've progressed quite a way. They got what they call wrist rockets. It's got an arm brace where it steadies and stabilizes it, right? I think so I may have seen one of these at some point. 
It's damn near as accurate as a bow. Actually, they do sell, sell a transition kit where you can put a little crotch across it and shoot arrows out of it. But that's a whole other game. Anyway, so this kid, he comes home, and he's about 13 now, right? And his little sister's about 8 years old. And uh, evidently, they got a real long backyard, and it kind of rolls down into the woods. Well, she's out there looking for morel mushrooms. And the kid plops down. They just both got off the school bus, and both parents are still at work, right? And uh, he puts on Call of Duty, and it, you know, which I'm sure sharpened his eye to what he had to do here, I'm going to tell you about. Hey, man, can anyway, you move on with this story? He, he hears this blood-curdling scream out of the backyard. And he's like, she must be out there playing with one of her friends. And then he thinks, he says, no, that was too damn loud. So he gets up, and some 17-year-old kid has got this little 8-year-old sister around the waist, picking her up, covering her mouth with the other hand, trying to make for the woods. Oh, my God. Well, he went for the only weapon he had, which was that slingshot. And so he runs to... Uh, to, to an open window where he can see and snatches a marble off of his daddy's desk, and at 200 feet, hits this kid right between the eyes. That's pretty cool. Right. That's Stuns impressive. Him bad. Stuns him bad. Yeah, I, I, I'm a I'm a serious bow hunter, and I would not take that shot with my bow. I mean, I could probably make it. I suspect but it's been exaggerated a bit. I forgot that he had said it was going to be a feel-good story, and I thought he was going to say, then the then the guy went in the backyard and started playing with a slingshot and hit the little girl in the woods. Oh, my God. Anyways, that was a long, right. long story, so anyway, but pretty cool. Bonnie, would you please stop now? Yeah, thank you so much for the call tonight, Major. You said cool story, man. on the story. Bonnie it was over. so much hate. I, I don't even understand that one. Like, dude, we let you tell this Painfully, painfully long, long story. story. It would have taken me twenty five seconds to tell that story, and yeah. it took him like two minutes. Yeah, like three sentences at the most. So, so this kid bought a slingshot, and then someone tried to assault his sister. Why even mention that the mom bought it? I don't know, man. Or Just why he mention had it. Big Lots? Who and cares? This other stuff? Yeah. I don't know. Talk about Big Lots. Yeah. I love Big Lots. But it wasn't yeah. a bad story, to be <laughs> fair. I mean, we let you finish it because it was good, and you told it in a pretty good way. But we we didn't let you speak. And the moment Bonnie said something back. You got upset. I, uh, thank you for the call tonight, man. Uh, last time our, that happened, he ended up dropping an F-bomb or something. Our callers are just too entitled when they can easily start a podcast themselves. Not every one of them, obviously. Every caller isn't that way. But there are too many, like four or five, that are like, you have to let me talk for 30 minutes and, it's, and not reply. It's so funny because on any other radio show, like you would never be able to call in every night. Yeah. Like these people on other radio shows, like rarely, like there's a pretty strict screening process sometimes. Like it's very rare to even get on the radio. So the fact that we're like, you know... That's presenting really this platform, good giving you two you know, and a half minutes to but, tell a story. But that's why, you know, you give people an inch and they take a mile. And next thing yeah. you know, we have multiple callers verbally assaulting Bonnie on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even understand. I guess it's because you, your voice sounds so, so sweet and nice. And it's like, how dare this sweet, nice person speak when I was speaking? But like, yep. I mean, I don't know how much more monologuing we could allow someone to do. Like we let him just keep going. Yeah. I was over here making the, the let's go gesture, right? Like, yeah. let's go. That was a very long story. And again, it wasn't bad, but like... Could have been told faster. That's it, all. It could have been told faster, and we didn't interrupt you at any point during it. And then as soon as Bonnie spoke, I don't know, man, it's, 
It's, it's bizarre. But let's get going with the phones. Someone who does not take it for granted, someone who's actually uh, really respectful, uh, probably more respectful to us than we have been to her in the past, Sarah on the line from New Mexico. Sarah, what's on your mind tonight? Well, well you know, I just don't want to call in to just blabber. I mean, <laughs> I have a, a purpose behind my cause. I like the purpose of the the National DOT Department of Transportation now, is it required or mandatory? Uh, they decided all the automatic um, sensor brakes in the front of the back back will be like a seatbelt. I mean, they they were working on it. Hold on, what? And so, I don't know. <laughs> so I think I think it's gonna. I think it became a, a law. You know what I mean? Were so they putting exactly seatbelts on brakes? I, I didn't follow that. No, no, no. Uh, the the automatic brakes that I was talking about. You know. So it's going to be what required. automatic brakes like in like in the newer cars that will automatically brake if they see like a child running in the street or whatever. Right, it's for the high end mm. cars. People that are, um, I think, people that have luxury cars, they have these auto sensor brakes. Yeah, some now of them do. Be I don't like, trust them. Yeah, I don't trust them either. And I think there's um, like room for error here, like there is with any technology. And what I would be afraid of is people relying on those too much. So, like, they see something run out in front of their car, and instead of hitting the brakes, they're like, oh, my car will just break for me because they're so used to their car breaking for them. And then eventually they might not, you know, this could cause, I I don't know, I just think... People definitely rely on the technology that comes out for cars because one time I was backing up, and I was, like, backing out right and this other car was backing was behind me backing out right as well and neither one of us saw each other even though i swear like i looked i just didn't see the car and they didn't see me and we bumped into each other we got out my friend was like you should have never got out you should have just left but was anyways because you were using backup cameras no i didn't have a backup camera and when i got out and i was talking to these old people they were like don't you have backup cameras and i was like uh, no. And they're like, well, we have backup cameras. Well, they but, didn't do you any good, all, did they? they? Exactly. They didn't do them any good. And second of all, it's like, okay, wait, were you not looking, just relying on your backup camera? There's and a lot they didn't you up- can't see. Like, there are a lot of blind spots in the backup camera, you know, and I don't get me wrong. Like, there are some, like, it makes parallel parking easier, but you should be able to drive your car without all of this technology. And luckily, they didn't, like, call the cops or anything. Both our cars look basically fine. We moved on. That's why I like my Eclipse, man. It doesn't have any of that stuff. It is a bit of a pain to back out when the top is up because it's a cloth top and it basically gives me a back window that's like two feet wide and that's six inches tall. So very bad. Go ahead, Sarah. It's not going to be just a a backup camera. It's going to be an automatic sensor. They just don't alert you and show you a picture. It will automatically stop you. Yeah, but, but but they don't always work. And that's, that's, that's the problem. That's the dangerous thing. It's a breaking yeah. assist. It's not breaking for you, right? It still counts on the human being there. But it, exactly as Nikki points out, technology that only works some of the time is useless because people are going to become reliant on it and it's not going to work. Also, there are some situations um, while you're driving a car or on a motorcycle or whatever, like on the road, where it would be safer to try to like... Where, like, gas in going a different way is safer than braking. So, like, sometimes in, like, certain circumstances, it might be more useful to use the gas rather than the brake. But if I don't have the choice to use my gas and my car is braking for me, that could... And obviously, like, that's a very slim, like, 
typically that's not the thing. That's a really good point. I still want to be in control of my vehicle. If someone pulls in front of you and you're going to rear end them and you know that you're not going to be able to brake in time, the smart move there is to turn the wheel off to the side and to go around them. Even even if you end up, you know, partially on the shoulder or whatever, that's the smart move to make. But one of these automatic braking systems are like, no, we're going to go for it. And then you plow into the back of them. Okay, so it's already decided. The DOT have decided this is going to be law and it's going to be implemented. So you could argue all you want and try to fight it, but it's going to happen. This is no, federal. I can it's drive already- a 20-year-old car like I do right now that yeah. doesn't have that crap in it. Mm. I, I, I don't know that would be, I don't know how legal that would be. It's how, they're not making 20-year-old cars illegal, illegal to, Sarah? She they just, can't force me to buy like a 2023 car. I'm allowed to have my 2010 Subaru. Well, all the all the new cars will have this technology. And if you want to install them, they could uh, put it in. So they're not touching yeah, my the car with this crap. Government's going <laughs> to install these things also, in everyone's car. I could uninstall if I wanted to buy a yeah, new car. True. Like I could uninstall that from my car. Yeah, a little spray paint will take care of that. Yeah, you don't even have to uninstall it. Just spray paint over the camera, and it's done. It may not ever drive again because it may think there's something in front of it, but it's. Yeah, that, I would just recommend not trusting this crap, not buying it. And, you know, I love technology, but because of that, I'm very fearful of technology, right? You, you don't find very many tech people who have Amazon Alexas mm-hmm. in their house yeah. and mm-hmm. smart fridges and smart thermostats and all this other crap. That's stuff that non-tech people are doing. They're, I've got a printer that is like from 1996, and that's it. Oh, my God. It, it doesn't scan. It doesn't fax. It doesn't do any of that crap. All it does is print. And, and it probably always works. It always works. Yes. Yeah. But I did, at one point, had one of those all-in-ones. And it only worked about 30% of the time. It would stay there connected via network. So nothing ever went down. Nothing ever changed. And if going to print, only one in three times would it print. But this one, rock solid. And if it ever makes a noise that I don't expect, I'm going to grab a hammer and I'm going to take it outside and I'm going to beat it to death because that's what technology does. I don't have a smart thermostat. I have, I have friends who are like, oh, I'm going home and it's a little chilly. I guess I should turn up my heat. I'm like, or you can just be cold for 10 extra minutes and mm-hmm. not have not have the potential for strangers to hack into your house and turn off your heat, right? And I realize that's unlikely and who are you, but like, why even have that vulnerability if it's not necessary? Why have the ability to tweet from your fridge if it also means that some stranger on the internet can tell your fridge to turn itself off and spoil all your groceries? It's people silly. People are crazy about convenience nowadays. Like, I watch these people on Snapchat a lot. I don't know why. They're like dumb girls, but their lives interest me. Anyways. Okay. And this one, <laughs> uh, she was in Amsterdam and she was like, why don't we have this in America? And it was this stupid store where you could buy like what looked like gas station level food from vending machines. And it was like, you just go into this open air three walled place and you can get anything from vending machine. It's like, really? You can't wait 10 minutes for someone to make food. You need to eat this like pre-packaged, probably terrible, disgusting food because it's that convenient. You just put money in, you get it out like a menu. Why don't we have this in America? I was like, yeah, they do. I remember um, like 15 years ago, they had that in the nursing home that my grandmother was at. I don't do and the vending, it wasn't good. I don't do the vending machines, but like it was, it was almost a tradition at one point. Like on the way to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, I would stop at a gas station because I didn't want to stop driving to eat. Right, it's a seventeen-hour yeah. drive. I would stop at a gas station, get some of those microwavable burgers or whatever, and just eat those. 
and they're terrible for you, and but they're so good, right? And they didn't come in a vending machine, but I imagine they were about the same the same sort of thing. Except just, the vending machine may zap it for you and then give it to you hot. I, I don't mean, know. Well, there's a purpose for it. Like sometimes when I'm on the road for work and it's like I, you know, only have a few minutes. Sometimes it's nice to be able to go to a Panera Bread or whatever, like some sort of quick restaurant to get some food really quick. My but, point um, is just that, like, it, it's just there's a, a theme. Like people will be like, it's yeah. so convenient. You can it's get just your lazy, ticket though, yeah. on on this app, and you know, just like it's laziness. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like the online ticket things as well. I don't like this online thing because it prevents my ability to control it, right? Yeah. And we have the same thing with online video games where I was thinking the other day that if if the Nintendo servers ever like go down or whatever, then my Switch is going to be mostly useless to me. I, sure, it's got some games installed on it, but none of that really is as effective as actually having the cartridge there that I can play anytime I want and that I can trade with a friend and get their cartridges. None of that exists in the video game world today. And this is by design. That's how the gaming industries want it because that way they control you. But it's the same thing in in music and streaming. I don't buy albums and stuff anymore. I just stream it. And if that streaming service goes down, then I'm just screwed. And it's super convenient, but I know it's bad. And and to be clear, I'm not saying like that kind of store shouldn't exist. I would never say that. The the market should deliver whatever people want them to deliver and whatnot it's just that i just think there's this weird trend towards like convenience that's one of the few things i like about audible right now is that you do buy audiobooks through audible and it does download them for you but it actually downloads them and they're always there Mm -hmm. so it's sort of useful in that capacity maybe it's it's not as good as having a book because i have to actually have power for my device but it's almost as good. The The book itself has downloaded to my phone and I can listen to it any time I want, whether I have internet or not. And that's that's a good service. I, I think I prefer that over streaming, but it's just so hard to beat the convenience of streaming. That's definitely a thing I love about Kindle. So there's a convenience that I love. I, if I want to read a book and I'm like, whoa, I just found out about this book. It's awesome. I want to read it right then. I don't want to wait two weeks for it to deliver to my house. Yeah, I've been guilty of that a few times. If it's... If I'm actively reading something, then I don't mind. But if it's something really fascinating, like the Gospel of Judas that I wanted to read like right then or the Apocalypse book, I was like, I'm not waiting on this yeah. to come here. I mean, and he, how horrible is that? Amazon takes two yeah. days to ship me a book. Yeah. Nikki convinced me to get a Kindle and I yeah. no, 100% do not re- regret it. It's like so great. It's, it's the best thing I've ever bought in my life. And the thing with the Kindle is I can't afford to buy all these books. So Kindle Unlimited for like $10 or $8 a month. I can, I've already read 40 books this year. You know how much money that would have cost me? Even Well, I guess I could go to the library, but like... You know, it's mm, it's easier point. for me mm. to just, you know, rent these books kind of from the Kindle Unlimited. I don't believe and the library would have like the type of books I'm reading. They, they, yeah, can, request them from, they can request them from other libraries. Yeah. So, but then you're back to waiting yeah. a long time. Yeah, exactly. Because I did that, that a lot when I was a kid because I didn't have books. We just went to the library or whatever. And they would, I would you know, request a book that they had at you know, this other library and it would take them a week, but they would get it down there and then we could hmm. check it out from there. So yeah. it was possible. But yeah, I don't know. You're going to have to sell me on Kindles because... I, I used to have a bunch of audio um, ebooks, but I sort of faded away from that for whatever reason. But I don't know. Maybe it's better. 603. I like audiobooks right now, but I'm doing a lot of driving, and that's super convenient. 603-283-6160. If you want to weigh in with us or sell me on the idea of audiobooks or Kindle. Kindle. Thank you.
It is Free Talk Live, and there's still time. If you'd like, you can get on the air with us, 603-283-6160. A lot of lively calls tonight. Again, that number, 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. Mickey and Bonnie. And I want to say thank you to Barry Swinson, who is tonight's amplifier. This means that Barry is a member of the AMPS program. That's our Patreon. You can find it at amps.freetalklive.com. Stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. So if you like the show, if you value the show, if you like this idea, as Nikki pointed out, of allowing people to call in and have a conversation on a nationally syndicated radio show, which is extraordinarily rare when you think about these people like Rush Limbaugh or any of these others who like carefully screen you and you have to agree. He is, but (laughs) plenty of them aren't. They carefully screen all calls. You have to agree with the host. Yeah. Occasionally, they'll let someone in who doesn't agree, but you're going to get cut off and hung up on yep. before you can get even the first sentence. And to have the audacity to call in the show and be like, you yeah. let me monologue for four and a half minutes, but I want it so, five. Sometimes we don't even screen them, now, especially now yep. that we have longer segments, because yep. I remember somebody called in and they were shocked. They were like, wait, I'm on the air right now? You guys didn't even screen me. Yep. If you value the show, if you value that, you might consider joining the AMPS program, as Barry has done. It only costs five bucks per month. Again, amps.freetalklive.com. It does come with a number of cool little features. Uh, But really, if you join, it should be because you value the show and you want to help it be more successful. Speaking of cool little features, we're going to be making a video later that will... I forgot about this. It will be initially on the AMPS thing first right that, that's where you'll find it first or maybe the takeaway no, i'll put it there first right that'll be fine so amps.freetalklive.com we're gonna make a video it's gonna be really good you don't want to miss it <laughs> oh, it's a reaction video I'll it is a that. reaction video but the thing that we're reacting to will be absolutely priceless am but you got to amplify us in wow. order to see it I don't know if I can wait this next segment. I know. You know I like, forgot about is, it, like she yeah. said, and it's just making me like smile. It's yeah. so retarded. It's, it's good. I'm curious how the logistics of this are, are going to work. I, I'm probably going to use this computer here to record each of the camera inputs, because that's and then I can mix it later. That's yeah. probably the easiest oh. way to do it. So anyway, amps.freetalklive.com if you want to watch that, because it's, it's going to be really good. <laughs> oh, my God. I, it's really good. I just thought of something I wanted to say on the radio. It's really quick. It's not, um, I didn't have this as show prep, but today Ian's, uh, the prosecution filed why Ian shouldn't be allowed to come oh, to Porkfest. Oh, I Fest. saw that. Because <laughs> he wants to. And they said, all he's trying to do is have a sleepover for 11 days at a party with his friends. And it was just a so sleepover. stupid and retarded. They're calling Forkfest and Porkfest the thing that Aria specifically got permission to go to after getting sentenced to prison. Well, saying, I don't specifically have permission to go yet. Oh. I, um. I never got confirmation on that. I, I can't imagine oh. it would be denied. One of the reasons I'm not in prison is because the judge wanted me to be out to be able to go to Porkfest and Forkfest. That's so what I was saying. It but would I be completely know. crazy for me to be denied permission. That's crazy. I didn't know that but, it wasn't a solid thing because the judge said it. Right. But they haven't specifically said yes yet. Okay. Well, But I way. did point out in my request that, hey, the judge specifically said that, you know, this is why I'm not in prison. It's to go to this thing. So Either way, it's a thing that... Free Talk Live has done for what fifteen yeah, it's a, it's years or something, event. and it is a work event. It's a thing that, like, a libertarian in New Hampshire who has a radio show 
has to go to, has been going to for 15 years, and they're just trying to say that Ian just wants to go have I a didn't sleepover know, um, for 11 days. Ian was such an avid outdoorsman. I didn't know he like loved camping so much. He doesn't. He stays in the no, motel. I know, that's what I'm saying. I gotta, being sarcastic. I gotta say to the prosecutors, because doing Free Talk Live from the show has fallen to me for the last two years, and not having Ian there to yeah. do it, it multiplies the workload by hundredfold. Like, Ian and I, we could sit down and bang out a show quickly. It's not even a problem. But when I when I don't have Ian to work with, it, it makes it like a six, seven hour affair to record a single episode of the show. Whereas when Ian and I did it like three years ago, I think it was the last time we did it, we were a day ahead every single day. Like by the fi- final day, we're like, well, we've already, we did today's show yesterday because it's just easy when you have that much momentum oh, yeah. to just keep going. Like that is not the case anymore. No, make my workload easier, and prosecutors. That's the thing. The- the thing about these conditions for release, they're not supposed to be uh, choosing whether or not a radio station is able to continue to broadcast. They're not supposed to be choosing whether if, if Ian ran a business, whether or not his business was able to continue going. It's not supposed to bankrupt a business. It's not supposed to end a radio show because it's so incredibly hard to do it while being okay with the conditions. And it will affect Free Talk Live. They, they may be thinking so long, well, Free Talk Live will still be broadcast every day, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, no, not necessarily. And I've already explained this to Ian, like maybe every other day. But I mean, if Ian and I are there, yeah, absolutely. It will obviously be every day. But without Ian there, no, we're talking maybe every other day from the festival. And that's fundamentally different than what Free Talk Live has done in years past. And that's not good. Like last year, we leaned pretty heavily on Bonnie and Ian. I think... It was a not quite every other night, but it was fairly close to that because it's just it's hard to do that level of content for three hours a day every single day. So it won't be the same. It is necessary. Free Talk Live does require it. It has required it for years, and it it has not been as good because of Ian's absence. So it's it seems pretty clear to me. And that was I don't think the judge is going to see that particular argument and be happy about it. I don't think he, because I, I, the judge isn't an idiot. I think he yeah. knows what Pork Fest is and what Pork Fest is. And characterizing these events as a sleepover with his friends. It's not what it is at all. I, no, I think it's going to make the judge angry and more inclined to grant it than he otherwise would be. Plus, the other thing is they were like, he can go, but he can just commute every day. I saw that. Dude, and it's really? Like, uh, three it hours? Like hundreds or, of sorry, dollars. two and a half hours? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's no, not... No, that's not a commute. And that's he has not to be reasonable. home by 7 p.m.? Like, it would be wasting half the day. There would be no reason to go for... No, that's a five-hour round trip yeah. without stopping for gas and food. I mean, yeah. that is completely unreasonable. Yeah. To say nothing of the environmental cost. You want someone to do what mm. to the environment by driving that much every single day? Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Aren't, aren't you, point. as the government, supposed to be like so, trying to make the world better, and here you are literally trying to make it worse? I just want some clarification. I thought you said that was why the judge said. So this no. is the prosecution. Yeah, the judge hasn't ruled. So they, Okay, okay. That's what... Well, good. I suspect the judge is going to come down in favor of allowing Ian to go. Yeah, I sure too. hope so. Judge uh, Sisti's motion was a lot more sensical, if that's a word. I don't think they'll even have a hearing on this one. I just don't. I, I, I The way that I would expect this to go, and I don't have very much experience in the federal court system, to be fair, but the way I would expect this to go is the judge is just going to grant Ian's motion. I don't see any reason. I don't think any gain would be had from having a hearing about it. The judge was clear he didn't want Ian to leave the district, 
But New Hampshire is still the district. So, like, the only part of this that the prosecutors can even object to is allowing him to stay in a hotel. And it's completely unreasonable to not allow that. He also already stayed in a hotel for two nights during uh, Liberty Forum before his uh, PO just suddenly started changing her mind, which I think probably came from, like, higher-ups. They're probably like, you can't let him... You, you can't let him do that, even though she saw no problem with it. And she's a professional at doing this job. She knows he is not like a danger yeah. to the society. I don't know. It's all very peculiar. Uh, hopefully we're going to, as soon as we had the result, we'll, you know, we'll mention it on Free Talk Live that night. Yeah. Uh, the prosecutors did file their thing today. As Bonnie, as we mentioned yesterday, they had 24 hours to respond. And they did do that today. It was very weak. It was very thrown together motion. Yeah. And you could, they literally said that, you know, he just wants to have a sleepover with his friends. And it's, that's such a terrible way to characterize Forkfest and the Porcupine Freedom Festival that on that basis alone, I think the judge is going to go, you you guys are being ridiculous. And I'm pretty sure that the judge will rule soon because it's an expedited request. The judge told, I think you probably explained it yesterday, the judge told the prosecution, like, you must respond in 24 hours, which usually they have like two weeks. Yeah. So I, I, my gut tells me the judges is going to grant it, hopefully within the next day or two. I'm still waiting to hear back about whether or not we're going to talkers. Uh, Bonnie, that's apparently you and I will mm. be the ones going if we decide to, um, if I get permission to. I asked and I called and texted and stuff today, didn't get a response. So I'm going to try again tomorrow. But with the short notice, I just don't expect I'm going to be given permission because Talkers is this Friday. So that's like two days oh, wow. from now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't find out about this again until... Yesterday? I think yesterday was when Mark brought it up. Yeah, like, I don't know. He's like, hey, by the way, guys, this is June the 2nd. I have completely neglected to mention I don't even have my plane ticket. So you guys are going, right? And like, uh, I can ask. <laughs> so hopefully, I don't know. I, it's a drive out to Long Island for a festival where you and I don't even know anyone. Yeah. And from an industry perspective standpoint, it would be a good idea. Someone else wanted to call. They called earlier tonight, but they got off the phone. Um, they got off the phone before we got to their call. They wanted to talk about you know what was going to happen to Free Talk Live in the future with Ian possibly going to prison and me possibly going to prison. Like, well, this is you know me and Bonnie going to talkers would be a sensible thing in that context and the possibility of Ian not being here for a while. I don't, I don't know. It wouldn't be terrible to meet people within the industry, but. Like, all the way out to Long Island. Mark doesn't seem to have any... Ian has no interest in it. Well, he can't go. Right, but he, he didn't want to go anyway. No, I think that if he was allowed to go, he would go. Do you? Well, I mean... Okay, He's always fair. gone with Ian. Or with Mark. Because he got that award last year, yeah, right? he would have definitely... Speech. He I tried mean, to ask. But being willing to go is different from wanting to go. Like, I'm also willing to go to this thing, but I don't want to. Well, Ian doesn't actually want to ever leave New Hampshire for the rest of his life. Yeah. Well, hopefully Ian gets... I, I don't know. But anyway, so we don't know. But the possibility of going to talkers is still open. I, I don't know. It depends on whether or not I even get permission to. And then, what is Long Island like? An eight-hour drive? Something uh, it's like not that? that far. It's not okay. No. Well, actually, it took my little no, brother or my little sister and her boyfriend uh, five hours to get back to New Jersey. Oh, from that's here. so painful, though. Anyway, let's go to the phones because we are a call-in show. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. You can still weigh in with us. We have Footloose on the line from here in New Hampshire. But Luce, I never followed. How did your trial end up? What what was the verdict in that? Uh, so there were technically two charges split into four. There were two alternate theories that either I purposely did X Y Z or recklessly did X Y Z. 
the original charge, of course, was for clapping loudly and saying, shut it down. Um, but what they testified to was that Therese said, amen, and I said, yeah, and that's why they arrested me. So I was found not guilty on the initial arrest. But once I was behind the curtain and in handcuffs, I started to protest my arrest. I said, F this, shut it down, we're being arrested. And the judge found me guilty on purposely clapping loudly and saying those things. But I asked for a motion for reconsideration because I never clapped loudly. I was in handcuffs hmm. and nobody tests. So I've been waiting. It's been well over 20 days since I filed for the motion to reconsideration. Nothing from the state. Judge hasn't ruled on it yet. So it's also the, hoping comes back to that issue of if the initial arrest was wrongful. Yeah then yeah. your your protest about the wrongful arrest should never have happened. I right. mean, none of those things sound like arrestable offenses. Well, it right. Was, and I mean, yeah. you, you bring up a good point, Aria, because on the three not guilties, there was a small couple sentences written decision on why not guilty. But on the guilty, there's no written decision. And there's rules, there's court rule 27A and other uh, Supreme Court precedent that a, a decision has to be written for transparency and appeals purposes. Mm. And so he didn't provide a written decision on the guilty thing, but during his verbal, he immediately found, you know, did the not guilties and, and, and found me guilty on the one thing. And he said, I do find that the state had probable cause to arrest you on the initial arrest, but mm. they didn't find you guilty of the initial arrest. So he tried to like, waffle and in his whole that that's actually like meaningless and especially if it's not on paper yeah he said it but you didn't put that on paper and and like you said how could i be found guilty when the initial arrest was not guilty it's definitely unlawful but there's and this I thing where too. you can uh maybe this is just massachusetts because the person who was telling me about this lives in massachusetts but i think it's called in limine like something in limine and uh basically you would get the supreme court to basically of New Hampshire, you would ask them to rule on whether or not the judge was wrong, and I think it's called motion in limine. They they exist, and they exist within the federal system as well, hmm. but I, it was very confusing when my attorney explained to me what they were. Hmm. I'll write it down, in limine. I've heard of it. In that's L-I-M-I-N-E. I that that's what it's called? That is what it's called. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% sure of that. that. So, Footloose, that's not um, why you're called tonight. So what is on your mind? So the nap, um, I've been thinking about it for, well, I mean, I've always had uh, issues and questions about it, and really it's because I never did any research into it. Um, but last night I heard crazy stuff about you push someone out in front of a bus so they don't get hit, that's violating the nap, tapping someone on the shoulder is violating the nap. And it just had me, I, so I, was, I, I Googled what is the nap. And from what I looked into, it it's based on what's malum in se as opposed to malum ipsum. Malum in se is something that's inherently evil, hmm. and malum prohibitum is something that's uh, prohibited due to laws, social norms, and moral systems. And, and I yeah. gotta agree. I gotta agree with where I think you're going because I, if you listen to the whole episode, you'll hear that at the end. I said, the thing is, we have things called social norms, called 
you know, we're humans and we're not the same as every other animal because we have the ability to come up with common sense and things like that. And I think that that does come into play with the non-aggression principle. Like, even if you can look up the definition and the word aggression does count for the tapping on someone's shoulder, I know that... I mean, even if that person believes, like, uh, I don't want to be touched and therefore that's aggression, that's the same argument that somebody would say for why you have to wear a mask because they don't want to be around somebody who doesn't wear a mask. No, but you're physically touching them. And I've got to stand by what I said yesterday. Touching someone without their scent is literal aggression. Your breath is actually literally touching them. Your breath is in the same room as them going to go in their lungs. uh, I would have to agree with Bonnie here because um, I literally copied it and it says the non-aggression principle is an ethical and moral principle that prohibits aggression against the persons or property of others. It aims to avoid conflict between individuals by prohibiting behaviors that are malum in se as opposed to behaviors that are prohibited due to laws, social norms, or moral systems. Yeah, so it, and, it explicitly says in there that social norms are irrelevant to the discussion. So I so don't think those are relevant. So, well, this is the problem that I have is that it says social norms or moral systems, which are social norms. And yeah, the problem here system. is that it's circular because the non-aggression principle itself is an ethical or moral principle. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I, don't, I don't really care a, what the social norm I don't really care what the system. Webster's dictionary says about aggression. To me, aggression well, is when you violate someone's consent. That's an act of aggression. When you, when you do something to them without their the consent, thing. that's if an act of aggression. If somebody told you, I don't want I cannot you touching assume their me, consent. But that, that's assuming the thing. their consent leads but you, you to possibly violate... you can't assume someone's consent. If you're you making out with somebody and then they start... You have their implied uh, consent That's in implied that consent. And yes. when somebody goes out in public, they are giving implied consent to be breathed on around. That is I didn't say that breathing true. on anyone is a violation of the aggression it's principle. It's no different than somebody coming up to you and being like, we're all in a crowd and there's a big crowd of people and someone comes up and they, maybe it's really loud. There's no, hey, you, they have to tap you on the shoulder and they say, hey, that's not aggression any more than breathing next to somebody who personally yeah. doesn't want to be breathed on is aggression. I would it's, have to agree with because that. Because if it they say like, I personally though. don't want to be touched, well, they didn't tell you that. I don't know. Well, I can't say that tapping somebody on the shoulder is aggression. If, if, if they, But if it I, is if, literally. I'm not saying it's, it warrants being uh, retaliated against okay. or you should break their wrist or anything like that. But right. it is literally and that's an why, act of touching them without their consent. That's where what sure. Frank is bringing up comes that. in. That's what, that's what we all agree on, uh, that if somebody has it, told you... Oh, go ahead. Right. And I mean, from, from this thing, it said malum and say. I was like, what the I hell? I don't care about the Latin roots of this, man. Those mean malum nothing to me. Malum and say is something that's inherently evil, and they give, there's examples. Evil is subjective. The, that conversation well, is well, a non starter with me, and man. That's where, more, that's where moral, I'm a moral relativist. I'm with you on that. And that's where moral relativity destroys the nap because the nap itself is a moral principle. Okay. So there is. Things that many people you would you could take a poll on it is murder inherently evil is rape inherently evil torture child abuse yeah genocide, I understand rape, I don't I don't care slavery, I don't draw terrorism. my morality by what the masses well, agreed that they did then I would well, be a statist how are we supposed to determine what the nap is if it's so subjective that's what I'm trying to get we at. don't each individual determines that for themselves that's pretty simple that's interesting because I mean uh, so. That's the only way it could possibly be. 
I kind of disagree. It's incoherent. It's incoherent. Then, if anybody decides what the nap yes, is, yes, there's no such thing as objective morality. I'm I'm glad we have agreed. I don't on that. agree with but that. Bonnie I, doesn't agree. Yeah, on we've that. had long. We've had whole shows where we've talked but about. But that's all Footloose is arguing here. Is versus, that well? How can this be if it's if no, morality saying, is subjective? Well, he's saying that it. Do, he's saying morality is subjective and it destroys the map. Nap. I'm saying. I don't believe that morality is objective, and that's why the nap isn't destroyed. That's what I started saying to Ian from the very beginning of this whole conversation. Right, that's not what I'm trying to argue here. I'm just saying that it's irrelevant whether morality is subjective or not. Yeah, because to me, it doesn't, in regards to the nap, to me, the nap isn't really that subjective because it's pretty, you know, like you need consent before... Touching someone, if we're talking about that, I mean, that's not really... Yeah, so that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, my point is it doesn't matter whether aggression is right or wrong. In my opinion, it's the right thing to do to not commit aggression. My point is... If there's a six-year-old that's about to burn themselves on, like, a furnace or something... Is it aggression to stop that? Why do they always go to that exact example? Can we actually just not go to an example really fast? Because we've done this all night. But one thing I have to say that is really important about this conversation that I thought of after the conversation yesterday is that things, there is a nuance to everything that happens. It's not just like every time you push someone, it's always aggression. Just like if I was to... Okay, I, I don't think want to it use is that though. No, I think it no, is. it's not inherently aggression. Say you want is. to be spanked, it's like that's the thing that just came to my mind. Is sometimes. it aggression for somebody to spank you in bed because, because well, you they have want the you to? Okay, consent. fair point. No, not right? even point. not even implied. It could be they gave you the it's consent. Right. It's not the act. It's the it's the, it's the fact consent. that you didn't want it, and and the they have to know yeah. that you didn't want it. The context is very important. But that's sometimes why. Well, hold on, because I don't think it. I don't think it that implying the consent or assuming the consent is okay. I right, think maybe, it absolutely maybe is. Maybe in some context because it's not minor, but you can't just have sex with a girl and say, oh, I assumed you consented, right? No, we, you absolutely have to take into account everything in this situation. Like, if you are um, claiming that you were raped because the next day you decided you uh, actually didn't want it and you say that, well, he didn't ask me to, like, verbally say I consented, but you well, were again, making we're not talking out. About you, were, you never said anything with, uh, with like, all this stuff going on. You're no, continuing. See, we need to get away from that example entirely. Okay, no, it's not. It no, doesn't have to be. We verbal, need to get then. away from that entirely. Just I some think dude approaching some, thing. some Somebody girl. shouldn't go to prison for rape because a girl says that's I didn't not the say example I'm trying to make, Bonnie. I, some guy I'm, just seeing a girl. Said, and, that's not what I said. Some guy seeing a girl and saying, "Oh, I want to have sex with her." I assume she consents, and then raping her and saying, "Well, I assume she consents." I had my hand that's over her mouth. Nothing I like she what consent. I would argue. Is that's okay. exactly what I'm pointing out. Is that it's not universally true in any particular scenario. Assuming that someone consents to being touched is very, very different from assuming that they're okay with having sex. But I'm saying I mean, that the the context has a lot to do with why you would assume that like if somebody's i was trying to agree with you but you wouldn't let me get to that point i i just don't understand why i i just don't think that that was um, an important point to make then i'm just trying to say that if somebody's sitting in their house alone and you sneak up behind them and touch them maybe you could call that aggression but someone standing in a crowd you're in public you know that you may be touched. No one knows you don't like being touched. It's there's no way to call that aggression. No one's saying well, it's morally it wrong. Mean, it, it doesn't is have it to do with morality. Somebody, it is literally it, an act of touching them without their consent. That's the no, definition so of aggression. I don't believe sneaking, that that is aggression. Up, hold on. What if you set up a pail of water in a doorway to trick your parents and they open it and it falls on them? Is that violating the non-aggression principle? Is that I mean, really a, yeah. a immoral? Is that an immoral act? 
Well, uh, we already established, Footloose, that Footloose, you and I already established Footloose, you and I already established that we're not even dealing with morality at this point. We're just dealing with the principle and people choosing to abide by it. You're trying to find this loophole where, well, it's not technically immoral. That's not the conversation we're having. Yeah. The morality of it has nothing to do with it. I mean, if like you drop dead right here and I start doing CPR on you, you didn't consent to that. But, you know, it's like there, there's so many. So it's not aggression. Well, it. I mean, it could be if Arya was like, no, I I if didn't he, want you to. But it's just... If she had told you before, or if she was wearing a bracelet that said, do not resuscitate, and yeah. you did it anyway, that's totally aggression. And I agree. But if you didn't know, and the common sense thing would, would be to think, Arya having a heart attack, she doesn't want to die, and I am able to save her, so I'm going to try, it's not aggression. Yeah. Uh, I think that's objective and obvious, and I don't think that there's any more, like, argument about it. Like, I just, I think well, that... Well, I it, disagree, and I don't think it really matters, because we're never going to get in a situation where someone's like, how dare you touch me? That's aggression, right? We're just having a philosophical discussion. Six, well, I can't give you the number. We're out of time for oh. tonight. Same time tomorrow, though, freetalklive.com. You can hang out with us online. In the meantime, that's free freetalklive.com If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well I know a guy who's really great It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com